Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Barnes Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Now, we have an interesting and unique show tonight of sorts in that uh, we will be talking about things you would not usually thought that you would find in politics, and that is politics are now infiltrating our sports, our retail, and our fashion. And what can we do in battling the liberals and taking action against them? And what I'm talking about is a couple of things. Of course, you may or may not have heard, and we're going to talk about this tonight, is how Nordstrom, and perhaps even Macy's, and we'll keep an eye on that, uh, has dropped the Ivanka Trump's fashion line uh, in which they are stating that is from low sales. However, because of the uh, liberal pressure, I think that's the real reason in politics and the uh, Watch My Wallet uh, organization or whatever they're calling it, uh, which is a group of women who are boycotting anything Trump, then it's time for us to strike back. Well, then I say one good turn deserves deserves another. Look what they were doing uh, to Chick-fil-A. Uh, and see how that helped them out. So I say, let's reverse it. Fine, you're going to drop uh, the Avanti line. I mean, I'm not really much for boycotting things, but since they've got decided that they've gone there, well, go, you know, and just stop shopping at Nordstrom's. You know, go go to other places. That's one of our action uh, notes tonight. Is to action pieces is to do two things. One, you can find Nordstrom on Facebook, and there's been plenty of folks. Uh, doing it, go to their, go to the, just to the search engine to put in Nordstrom and you'll find where their, their page is there and, and make comments uh, for that. And so tell them how you feel about what's going on uh, with them dropping the Ivanka Trump line. We know it's just politics. They say, oh, because it's sales, uh, but it's not. And so also uh, we have a link uh, that is supplied here uh, to actually visit uh, the Nordstrom, you know, call and, and reach out to their corporate uh, folks. So we, you know, folks to go to call that, call to action. And we've got a website there here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, as well as you can call them at one eight 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 two eight two sixty sixty, And that's another way you can reach them to tell them you're discontent uh, with their political decision and how retail should just stay the hell out of politics. I mean, in sports, too, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Uh, And so, you know, 
check those out on then on the flip side tell them you're discontent but also vote with your wallet and what i mean by that is go to nordstrom whether you go not nordstrom but go to either whether it's amazon.com or you go to ivanka's uh, site as well and go there and you know make your purchases valentine's day is coming up maybe that would be the perfect place uh to make a purchase from, uh, you know, for your Valentine, uh, make a purchase there. Uh, and then I, I think that would be a great way of uh, showing support uh, for her line. I mean, I think absolutely uh, ridiculous <laughs> that they're doing that. And then they try to, you know, do sales. So we, we have to take action, as I was stating, and we have to push back against, you know, these liberals and what they're trying to do. Uh, I mean, to really, you know, you know, ban someone's line only because of her father is the president of the United States and you don't, you know, agree with some of his policies, you know, just remember, hey, Nordstrom, it works both ways. So go ahead and drop it. You know, I'm sure you got plenty of conservatives out there, conservative women out there who make, you know, make plenty of money who were shopping at, you know, shopping there and Macy's, you better watch out because the same thing can happen to you. And there are alternatives. You can, as I said, you could shop at Ivanka's right there, or you can have an alternative and, you know, go to someplace, perhaps Dillard's, uh, you know, perhaps we'll have Dillard's uh, on to uh, talk about that. And so, you know, anyone out there who's, you know, knows someone who works at, you know, a, a Nordstrom's, you know, they, they can call in and be anonymous, and, we, and, they, and they can talk about that. I mean, what about the employees that work at these places? You know, think about that as well. Um, and so what, one way you could do that is you can have them contact me on the contact page of the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, now, one of the things uh, we've got here, and now I was actually considering uh, subscribing to this magazine, but the more I see it, uh, the more I'm thinking, yeah, perhaps I'm not, because everything so far I've seen just is kind of, you know, on the last. It's called the Washingtonian, and because I am considering at some point, uh, perhaps maybe moving to uh, Washington D.C. sometime, uh, then I thought that'd be a good publication to have. However, the, uh, you know, after reading some of their articles, I'm probably not going to. And, and so we've got an article here, and Emily is from the Washingtonian. You make the call. And uh, if you'd like to chime in, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you're on the line you'd like to chime in, uh, maybe give us things that we've, you've heard, uh, just uh, let us know. And give us a call, at, as I said, 347-945-7428. And if you're on the line, uh, just push the number dial, uh, the one on your number dial, and we'll get you into the show. And so... I don't know how that happened. I don't like when that happens here. Um, but anyway, we're already got something messing up with my page here, so I'm going to try something else uh, real quick. But first, though, what we'll do is uh, go back to the uh, the interview, not the interview, the article. And as I said, that's from you can check that out on you know thewashingtonian.com. Uh, but anyway, so the article here is you know once it loads up. See, my one computer that I do the show on crash, I'm forced to use my laptop, which is much slower <laughs> right now uh, than the computer I have. But anyway, uh, so the Ivanka Trump's fashion line is becoming a casualty of her father's presidency. 
And it states, as rough as public opinion has been on President Trump, things were going relatively well for Ivanka Trump, even though it was clear from the start that the president's favorite child was going to have some kind of yet-defined role in the White House, while her husband, Jared Kushner, is an unpaid senior advisor. She's still managing to cut a separate, less divisive figure. She's been on record saying that she didn't always agree with her father's political policies, and her personal website, littered with the slogans, A Woman's Who Work, seems to get some ways to distance her from her father's misogynist reputation, which incited action like the January 21st Women's March on Washington. I saw plenty of signs at the Women's March proclaiming free Melania or blank Trump, and that's the F-bomb there, so I'm sure you guys know what that is. But I didn't catch a single sign smearing Ivanka. But even if she makes some positive impacts, like reporting, reportedly dissuading her father from diluting Obama-era protections for LGBT workers, Ivanka's personal brand might not be able to count on that warm narrative much longer. Uh, the tone seems to have finally started shifting this week when Nordstrom announced it will drop Ivanka's uh, eponymous clothing and shoe lines from its stock. Though the decision is nominally chalked up to lagging sales, it still reads ominously for Ivanka's own business holdings. Like her father, she has also stepped away from the day-to-day role in the Trump organization, although unlike the president, she will only receive fixed payments from the company rather than profits. According to Women's Wear Daily, the decision to pull Ivanka Trump's products was due to poor brand performance, and deciding not to restock the line for a season or more is not uncommon practice for the fashion business. Still, dipping sales weren't the only thing uh, pressuring Nordstrom. The upsell retailer has been targeted by the Grab Your Wallet campaign, which urges boycotts of stores that sell Donald or Ivanka Trump brand merchandise. Hashtag-driven retail activism may have limited impacts on large companies' bottom line, Amazon, which is listed for selling both Trump's clotheslines, doesn't appear to be hurting, which, as I say to folks, you can go to a link that I have here on Blog Talk Radio that can send you to Ivanka's line there uh, on Amazon. Uh, just click the link, and perhaps, as I say it, you can purchase something there for, for Valentine's Day uh, for your lady uh, from that site and, and show support. But anyway, but it still can force ex- uh, executives to clarify their own positions and distance their brands from the unpopular administration. Just look to last weekend's delete Uber campaign or the backlash against Taylor Gourmet founder Casey Patterns meeting at the White House. The reported 200,000 users who deleted Uber are a tiny sliver of the ride-hailing company's 40 million active users, and there are still plenty of lunch orders for hoagies, whatever the hell that means. Uh, uh, Still, the outrage was enough to force those companies to take some face-saving actions, like Uber setting a $3 million legal defense fund for drivers who get caught up in President Trump's travel ban, or patent sending free sandwiches to American Civil Liberties Union. I mean, really, folks? I mean, that's ridiculous. Anyway, what has come out of this campaign is just – in this election cycle, I, I've never seen anything like this before, ever. 
But so anyway, it says, until this week, though, it seemed that Ivanka Trump's own projects were insulated from this kind of public scrutiny. While designers publicly refused to offer their wares to Melania Trump, few com- comment on Ivanka's ongoing presence in their industry. She was able to thread fashion with politics. Fashion critics praised the $158 pale pink Ivanka Trump brand uh, shift dress she wore at the Republican National Convention for its reasonable price. The dress quickly sold out after Ivanka's Twitter account plugged it. But a similar promo for a $10,800 bracelet Ivanka wore during a post-election interview tanked. Now, let me let me get, get this, folks, okay? For one, how many people can afford a $10,800 bracelet? And if you could afford a $10,000 bracelet, $11,000 bracelet, and you're going to be out somewhere and you're going to be on TV, aren't you going to wear it? Or let's say you're going over a friend's or you're going to a party, aren't you going to wear it? Of course you are. I don't understand why these people are giving her such a hard time, you know, for wearing a bracelet. Yes, it costs $11,000. Who cares? You would too. I mean, that kind of goes back to the whole thing. We're like, oh, well, Trump and his taxes, Trump and his taxes. You avoid paying. Wouldn't you avoid to pay as much taxes as you possibly could? I know I would. Of course, I'd do it legally. But yeah, I'd take every damn tax break I possibly could. If I did pay zero taxes, guess what? I'm paying zero taxes. Hell yeah. Cause, let, let's see, see, folks, does anyone ever pay zero taxes? No, of course they don't. Even if you pay zero income tax, you're still paying taxes. You're paying property taxes. You're ta- paying sales taxes. You're paying you know, merchandise taxes. You're paying you know, luxury taxes. So even if you're not paying income taxes, you are paying taxes. So in one way or another, you're going to. So to say that he's never, he didn't pay zero taxes, you're going to pay them. Everybody does. But anyway, you know, you're going to take advantage of the things that you can do. It's human nature, and that's okay. Okay, as long as you do it within the realms of legality, shut the f- shut up. But anyway, I'll go on. So the, getting dumped by Nordstrom, which helped Ivanka launch her brand in 2011, bodes even worse for the first daughter's business. Uh, this isn't a singular designer making a good political uh, a personal political statement. It's a commercial giant slowly backing away from a name it thinks might be bad for business. Well, that's why you folks need to get out there and purchase on Amazon. Purchase on, uh, you know, directly to her site. You know, go to the Facebook page I provided. Go, you know, complain to the corporate office. Let it be known that, hey, this isn't a good business decision. You may think that it is, but it isn't. You know, and let's be honest, folks. You know, you probably have a lot, you know, a lot more conservatives who out there who have money, you know, to spend. So they need, need they need to watch that instead of, instead of you know doing what they think's uh, business expedient and maybe politically expedient for them you know or save face of course the media will latch on to that but it, uh, but anyway it says uh, no, uh, Neiman Marcus followed suit Friday when it pulled Ivanka Trump's jewelry collection whether those actions are a result of a real leg in sales or are publicity-based decisions, if two major retailers are dropping her brand, others, including Bloomingdale's, Lord & Taylor's, which through my understanding so far, Lord & Taylor's, it has not, Macy's, which is uh, considering dropping it through what I've heard, Zappos, I haven't heard anything, and Amazon, which I know Amazon uh, still cover it, 
But now they're saying, now the president's a fallout. And even if Nordstrom says dropping Ivanka's was a performance-based decision, the company hasn't entirely been uh, apolitical. Judging by a pro-immigration memo, the company executive sent to their employees last week. So, I mean, come on, folks. I mean, they just made a political statement just last week. And then they say, oh, well, this has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with sales. Who really believes them? I know I don't. Anyway, so who's to say whether Nordstrom's disassociating itself with the divisive Trump moniker is a surprise to Ivanka herself? Her, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, so just talks about a little bit there. It says, the line offers approachable, more conservative spinoffs of runway trends at a price point most women early in their careers can afford. A market like D.C. should be the ideal target demographic for Ivanka's line. But educated, working young women with disposable incomes in fashion-forward urban areas are not the Trump name's core constituents. Despite the relatively neutral status Ivanka has tried to carve out and her attempts to ingratiate herself into D.C. society, her family's days Name is massively unpopular in Blue Islands full of young professional women with disposable income. It's easy to imagine they would be loath to wear a pair of heels with a Trump logo scrawled across the insole or handmade with a gold-braided placard that says Trump. Well, yeah, because those D.C. liberal lunacy, lunatics is uh, what I've got here is stopping the liberal lunacy uh, because someone's got, you know, a handbag that has a name on it. Anyway, even if she's not repping her own brand, all of Ivanka's wardrobe choices can be instantly politicized. And, you know, it goes on. It's, it's almost there. But, you know, some of the – let's see if we got – we'll roll to see if there's any comments. There's only two comments uh, on that article. So I guess uh, the Washingtonian uh, online isn't that uh, much to speak of. But we'll um, – I don't know. As I said, I was thinking about – Subscribing, uh, but I do have uh, you know a woman friend of ours on the line, so maybe she can uh, give us some insight because, it, through my understanding, they sell mostly, if not all, uh, women's apparel uh, for Ivanka. So let's go ahead and bring on Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Um, I'm fine. I'm tired, and I'll have to be a little bit early because I. Got to be up early tomorrow to help my daughter. And the day after that, because she's got a huge Valentine's banquet bakery thing to fill. So, yeah, so I've got yeah. some pressing things myself. So this may be this may be a uh, yeah, tonight's episode may be uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say the word shortened, but we'll see if we get into the uh, the third hour. But it might be an abbreviated. I've got some pressing things uh, myself. Uh, but I wanted to get this out there because, you know, as I said, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've got a talk show here, but I want it to be more of an action. I want people to listen to this and, and hopefully take action after hearing it. But go ahead. Well, I can't afford anything from Nordstrom's or from her, so I'm not going to support any of them. That stuff is way too high. Um, you know. Well, I I, I so, haven't really looked at the prices myself. I'm I'm going to because you know I, I I think you know might purchase there myself just to you know show support. Uh, but go ahead. Um, I might make myself afford something. I, I did <laughs> used to I used to buy from Nordstrom years ago. My daughter loved the clothes when she was young, and they had some good deals. They were a store in Washington, and you know my daughter they had used to shop there. Stuff. 
person when we go into Washington State. Uh, you know, she was at 12, 13, 14. Oh, she just loved that store. And it had been there for years and years in Yakima. Yeah, you know, it was established in Washington State, but I don't know why they decided to do all this. Business is business, so who really cares, short of it being a murderer or a drug dealer, it's <laughs> illegal money or something weird, you know, I mean, who cares? Uh, so I don't know why Nordstrom's did that, what they're thinking they will, because Starbucks is already being boycotted. And that's a sad thing because I can't totally boycott them because I got this one store where this guy is. Uh, there's several veterans there and some really nice people, and they all know me. I walk in. He had a big cookie he'd made at home. He t- brought it for me, hoping I would show up. And they're nice people, and you don't want to punish them. But I'm going to cut down, um, you know, or just stop in and buy something for a dollar like a croissant or whatever it is. It's hard because the people sometimes the people work for these businesses that's their livelihood, and you like them, you get to know them, and you you feel bad that you're boycotting. You know, I wish that companies would understand they affect their affect their employees when they this kind of nonsense goes on, but they don't seem to get that. So I don't know what you do, you know. Um, for the the bracelet, my goodness, I'd probably lose it. I had a two hundred fifty dollar bracelet that was given to me as a gift. Um, it was an econ there, magnets that help your pain. And I can't find it anywhere in this house. I'm positive I took it off here. So imagine what I'd do with a necklace of that price. I would probably just plain lose it because I'm just kind of bad that way. So you know. It is what it is, but I'm not. I'm not going to buy a bracelet like that because I. Where would I wear it? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Well, well, I think she. Well, I don't even know if the, the ten thousand or eleven thousand dollar bracelet was, you know, was was from her line. You know what I mean? Oh. But I mean, I I, I just said they're making a big hoopla, you know, about you know about her wearing an eleven thousand dollar bracelet. Oh, she was wearing one. Okay, I don't care what she wears. She yeah, was, she was wearing one now at, at an event after the, you know. Okay, I think a lot of the politicians, wives, and business owners that are ha- big businesses, Bill Gates, all of them, they all their wives get fancy shoes and fancy dresses, and they don't go to yard sales and little places like that or Kohl's or anywhere. But they wouldn't be caught dead in those stores. So... You know, I'm not going to criticize her for doing it when the rest of them do it too. I'm more, <laughs> I'm more concerned that Romney is planning on running for being senator. I guess he's mowing out a Romney's going to run. He's going to be senator. You know, once I tell, once these folks get into public office, they just can't seem to get the hell out, can they? No, it's horrible. I was like, no, no, no. What the heck? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's green power. I don't know what it is. It's just ridiculous. The man should just bow out. He was a loser. He was a quitter. He, why not stay away from it? I don't know. I mean, thinking, I think of doing it possibly in Utah if Orrin Hatch retires. So he's going to move from way back there to, okay, 
And, and then you got these morons that uh, Maxine Waters. She said that uh, uh, Pelosi was giving a speech. She said the current administration was run by the Bush, the President Bush, and I'm like, say what? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talk about and, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, her, her, and then Maxine Waters said that uh, in the Maxine Waters, uh, this I think a speech before her was was saying how uh, how Russia was attacking uh, Korea. <laughs> yeah, uh, Putin invaded Korea, and then yeah, Putin, uh, yeah. what's his bucket? The black guy that's crazy in the head. Um, he um, happened to uh, be reading a book upside down, said it was to make a point about our education. I was like, you're reading a book upside down to make a point about education. I I have no clue where these brains... ah, I think that the the lights are flashing and the, you know, the guard gates are... But the the train is not coming. It's off the track. Yeah, he's the dumbest Democrat they said so far. Uh, He was just He's reading a book upside down. I've got a picture. Al Sharpton. That's who it is. I don't know. I think it's a three-way tie as to the dumbest Democrat. I really do. So I'm more concerned about them than I'm about a bracelet and the cost of it. I mean, there's more important things to worry about than that. You know, I mean, you can make comments on but I'm talking about the Nordstrom's. You'd think they'd be worried about the dummies that are in office. But well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they don't. But I think their their point is, you know, it's all oh, well, you know, she's two faced because you know she's you know wearing this dress and she's wearing this this uh, bracelet, you know. <clears throat> I, I think it's what you know the the, the lib the loon, you know lib lunatics you know are are trying to say is what you know what I think I'm getting at. But you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's 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 all ridiculous. I mean, they're trying to find anything. I mean, I, as I said, I've never seen anything like this. And I tell you what, I mean, we never, I mean, I'm, I just never seen anything like it. Me either. I'm totally baffled. Except that people well, are going said, crazy. Well, you know, people, well, Valentine's like, Day is coming up, so people, maybe people should look at that. I'm going to, I'm going to look at something like that myself. Okay. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, if it's going cheap enough, maybe you can afford something off there. Well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, even if it's more expensive, it might even go that route, you know, just to, to, to show support. But, you know, I, I normally, I, and as to the boycott, and I want to make mention of what you said earlier, you know, as, as to the boycott, you know, well, you got well, there's, you know, employees and things of that nature. Uh, and that's generally why I don't, you know, call for one. I have, you know, called for some in the past, you know. But, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, hey, instead of buying your, your stuff at Nordstrom's, you know, buy it somewhere else. <laughs> buy it directly, you know, from her website or, or, or maybe even Amazon or something like of that nature. Uh, but, you know, and I understand, all oh, you know, it can hurt people's jobs and this and that. We don't want that to happen, you know. And, I mean, and I certainly don't want to hurt anybody's uh, you know, job because, I mean, a lot of the folks who work there, you know, they probably, you know, uh, don't like the fact that they're, that they're, they're doing that. 
but the thing is, is I mean, if, if they're gonna, if you got to fight fire with fire these days, you know. And if if you're just gonna let them, you know, try to roll over, I mean, if they're being activists. Why can't we? I mean, that's a, that's a big problem. I think that with conservative, you know, conservatives is, you know, I mean, liberals are activists, and I think we're, you know, conservatives are way behind, you know, way behind in in the activist scale. You know, I mean, they just don't. Well, they're just, you know. They're just not, you know, I did, activists. I did call them and bitch. I said, I don't like this. I think you're wrong. I gave them hell. You know, I thank you for how they treated me. Yeah, but you got to let it hurt them in the pocketbook. Just tell them that, hey, I don't agree with this. Yeah, but just tell them, hey, you don't agree with this. I mean, yeah, that's something that and that could be, like, definitely could be an annoyance to them. But, I mean, unless, you know, unless it's going to be, uh, you know, unless it's going to hurt them in the pocketbook, then it's really not going to affect them any. I mean, it's got to it's got to hurt them in the it's got to hurt them in the pocketbook before they'll do anything about it. Well, I could go to that other one, but they are not in the state of Idaho that I know of. The one that said they would hire ten thousand gunpowder or gun something or other. They're a coffee house, but they're not here in Idaho. I don't know where they're at. I have no clue. So. It's kind of rifle, rifle something or gun something. I'm not sure, but I can't support a company that's not here. And I don't like, I don't like some of the others very well. And it's not that I go and buy a lot every week or anything either. It's just a treat for me now and then. So, um, I don't know. Kind <laughs> of, it kind of bugs you when you don't have the some of these places in your state that Idaho is, uh, we got a lot, but we don't have as much as some do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I can say right yeah, now, I'm there's more not, I, well, with, I know there's one not too far from me. There might even be one just like, right. I know there's not, I know there's one that's, there's two of them actually, uh, that's not too far from me. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, my daughter used to, you know, used to shop there, but I mean, like, what? They're not shopping there anymore. We're just gonna, you know, go, you know, go somewhere else. And and, and you know what? I mean, uh, I I may buy her a pair of shoes there for her birthday. Her birthday's coming up in March. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, she'll be fifteen. Oh my gosh. Um, she she's not wow. too fond of the first. Uh, uh, she had to find the first birthday present that I'm going to get her. It's not a fun one, but I'm going to be setting up a mutual <laughs> fund. <laughs> uh, She's like, no. what? What kind of birthday present is that? I said, well, it's, it's one, you know, I mean, it's one that's going to go to your retirement. And by the time, believe me, when you are 65, you'll appreciate that your dad started it when you were so young. <laughs> so um, that's going to be the, that's gonna be well, the first you, part that she better... Yeah, you better get her something else that she likes too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be two. Yeah, I'll be two things. Yeah, just the, the just the mutual fund's not going to be uh, good enough. <laughs> That's for certain. No. But I tell you what, I mean, it's you know, with with the rest of investment, I mean, it's it, you know, I, I've already did you know just some research on it. You know, you know who would, would be the you know best mutual fund to do it long term. You know, of course, if we're talking about you know fifty years from now. Um, and, and nothing goes out that far. I mean, 20 years, 20-year uh, average uh, is, you know, the farthest out that you can go. And, you know, 
I've seen, you know, seen some things that, you know, looks promising. So I'll probably go, go with that route. But anyway, I, mean, I might be getting a little off, uh, a little off topic there, but, but yeah, maybe I'll, you know, do, do, do some shopping there forever. If your daughter don't like something from Nordstrom's, you can mail it to me. <laughs> oh, I'm not, no, I'm not getting something from Nordstrom's. No, I'll go, I mean, no, I'll go to Ivanka Trump's mean, website. But what used to be carried there that now she's got on the website. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll probably is, get, yeah, I'll go either. No, watch, I'm not, you know, I, I'll go straight to her website. Because, I mean, Amazon, you know, I've got mixed thoughts about Amazon. Uh, but I know you, you can get things for lesser prices. That's one of the reasons why I put the website on there, uh, on the link where, you know, folks, you know, check that out. If you're not going to buy it straight from her website, it might be a little expensive doing it that way. I don't know. Um, I mean, I've got some mixed thoughts on, I just had a, a couple bad experiences with, with Amazon, but it's not Amazon itself. It's just, I didn't do the proper research on who to, cause I got some Christmas gifts, you know, for my daughter for that. And you, you know, I didn't do the proper research, and this guy just sent me a, you know, you can't get refunds, then we can get a hold of them. So that's because I didn't do the proper research on that. Ah. Uh, yeah, anyway, I do see I'm kind of remiss. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry? Is there a website her own creation or what? Well, it, well I've got a link here on uh, Block Talk Radio, and I've also got it uh, on the uh, post that I shared. Uh, yeah, and the and the post that I shared as well on Facebook, so you can you can check it out there as well. Oh, okay, all right. Now, uh, now hopefully you you know because when we get to the next segment, we're actually going to be talking about uh, the Super Bowl uh, and the next statement. You know, we just had the Super Bowl this weekend, and man, I tell you what, some of the crazy stuff that came out because of the Patriots winning. Uh, so I was never really a big Patriots fan, you know, uh, until now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, boom, I'm a Patriots fan now, let me tell you. Um, they, I tell you, the liberals, thank you, liberals, you've just gained the Patriots a fan because I really never liked them until all this stuff started coming out about it. We're going to talk about that at the top of the hour. But uh, I do see that we are at the bottom of an hour. So let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriot.com journalist.com let pjnet add our muscle to your hustle and definitely folks check out the patriot journalist network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com and then you can also of course visit uh, the Bards Logic website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com check out uh, the different pages there and also you can uh, like us here on or like us on Facebook by just putting uh, Bard's Logic Pillow Talk in the search engine, and you can find the show uh, and like the page. You can also follow, uh, if you're listening to this live or listening to us uh, on the uh, podcast, which you can also download free on your mobile device uh, on iTunes uh, by pushing that little follow button, whereas you'll get periodic emails from me, the host, uh, to let you know about upcoming shows and past shows, uh, if you can listen to the link. And, of course, we do appreciate you sharing the link 
because we're not only wanting to be a uh, a talk show here, we want to be a action uh, program uh, where we're motivating folks to take action and actually do something and not just be armchair, uh, you know, commentators. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to, uh, you know, our topic in this segment. And, of course, that is politics getting into retail and politics getting into fashion. Now, of course, you know, you've always had, you know, most of your fashion, you know, folks and, and Hollywood types, you know, who are liberals and things of that nature. Uh, and, you know, that, that that's grown to be expected. But now we're, I mean, we're actually, you know, seeing, you know, the the, the politics in the the marketplace. I mean, politics is, is getting into the marketplace. And, and I think that's just not, I mean, I really don't. I really, I don't like this boycotting thing. I don't like this and that, you know. Um, maybe businesses, if they're going to do, donate, maybe maybe they need to have legislation that allow. I mean, I don't know, because then you want transparency. But there's got to be a way where a business or, or people who own a business or something of that nature can, you know, contribute to a political campaign, you know, w- w- without have to have to be public. I don't know. I get uh, mixed thoughts on that. But I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, uh, about how. You know, and for those in line, if you want to comment, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, but what do you think, you know, Susan, and, you know, about the politicization, you know, of our retail, of retail now? I mean, have you seen any, have you seen anything? You probably, I'm not trying to, nothing behind this, but I'm thinking maybe you do more shopping than I do because, frankly, I hate shopping. But, I mean, have you ever seen anything in, in the years of all these years you've been doing shopping, things of that nature? I mean, have you ever seen anything like this before? Well, a little bit. I wrote a blog article on keeping politics out of business and business out of politics, and that the owners of these do hurt their employees by doing this stuff. Um, yeah, the blog article was about in general. It was even even about the um, um, what do you call it? The uh, oh, was it Home Depot and Chick Fil A both come out? Was it for or against? I know Chick Fil A was against gazing uh, or something, and so was the uh, Home Depot. One of them, you know. And I didn't like that either. I mean, I felt as a business, they should just sell. They shouldn't matter who they're selling to, and they should just do it in private. Go to a meeting, a political meeting in your state, and make your comments and vote the way. And then what's that one basketball team in on by? Mark Cuban, I think it was, yeah. Um, they, some years ago, wore jerseys that pro-immigration and all that. <clears throat> I said, what? They, they should be playing basketball and entertaining the people, not making political statements. It's just like, you know, even with Starbucks. I said, make me your focal point. Make my copyright. Don't make mistakes. Serve me. That's what you're there for. Forget the political stuff. Why are we mixing the political with the business? It, it just hurts your company. I don't care. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal. It's stupid. Go to your meeting. That's what they have town hall meetings for. That's what they have voting booths for. Uh, why do you want to hurt your your own people who may even think different than you and force them to? I mean, I named in the blog several conservative and liberal businesses that were getting into this nonsense, and I may have to rewrite it and put in those, too. 
because <clears throat> I wrote it a long time ago. But the basketball team thing just stunned me. It was like, he's out there pushing for that, and they're wearing these jerseys. You're supposed to be darn well wearing your number, wearing your team's name, and playing a game, and we paid for the tickets not to see your advertisement. So, yeah, I've seen it before on both sides. Same way with the bakery. Well, I guess uh, I, I guess that's something. I guess that's something that's just going to be, you know, a, a reality now. I mean, it sounds like it's been a reality for a little while. Then I guess I just, you know, and as I said, because I don't do a lot of shopping, I don't, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I haven't seen much of it, but I guess, I guess it uh, definitely does exist uh, more so than I thought. I, I think so. I, it's just sort of like uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, the halftime. Oh my gosh! Everybody, I was raving about. Well, she kept politics out of it and this and that and the other thing. Well, one as one, I think it was uh, one chaplain. Somebody pointed out that actually all the designs and the pictures and. Uh, Link the uh, what do you call it? It looked like a star and everything. It was Satan's pentagram. I mean, they went. They pointed out everything. They said it's of the devil. <clears throat> and then really? he sang, which I did not know. This land is your land, and I did not realize there were verses in it that she left out. But in the actual song itself, it was not a song about what I always thought as a kid. You know, you're just walking across the country, you know, like people run across the country and you're just loving it and all that. Uh, actually, it was a political thing, I guess, and it's for more for immigration and letting everybody that comes in, it's their, it's their land. And I was, like, stunned. I had no clue this land is your land was that political and not that good. Oh, yeah. And I ha- think I have. So I'm not happy about that either. And that was my one of my favorite songs because I never heard those other verses. I never heard them. So or read, read them even. Oh so well. well that yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, it, and we're a little bit early on getting uh, getting to that. Uh, but as I said, this may be an abbreviated uh, show tonight, unfortunately. And then we'll, well, of course, we'll be back to our regular. Uh, you know, I'm out of time next week, uh, but we'll, uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and bring up the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I, you know, I throw a party every year, you know, we actually look, you know, the, the, the friends and folks who come over, uh, we actually look more, we, uh, we look, uh, and I do see some other folks in line and, and some guys So the guys who watch this book that I want to hear from you as well. Uh, but I mean, I watched the Super Bowl and, you know, we had a party and one of the things we look forward to the most, uh, you know, look forward to the most is the commercials, uh, the commercials uh, of the, you know, of the Super Bowl. Because you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, most of the time, you know, you know, the teams alike, frankly, aren't in the Super Bowl. And I'll be honest, I really didn't care for either team uh, in the Super Bowl this year. Now I'm a Patriots fan now, especially after, and you may be too, after our discussion here uh, this evening on that. Uh, but I mean, this was the most political. Uh, Super Bowl, especially during the uh, the commercials that I've ever seen. I mean, a- almost every commercial had some kind of political uh, theme to it, and it, and then most of it, or a lot of it, had to do with immigration. It was unbelievable. I'm watching these commercials, and I'm like, I mean, it's all about you know 
immigrants coming into our country. It's like, look, folks, you know, the, the, the controversy isn't about, you know, immigrants coming in. It's about them coming in legally. And, you, I mean, they're really – I mean, this is the NFL. Now the NFL is getting political. Yeah, they I are. Mean, like, did you see the commercials mm. I'm talking about? Yeah, there was that one. They never finished it. And they said, well, they withheld it because it was too controversial about the little girl and her mother waking up early and oh, taking yeah. their long walk. And little... But they never finished it. But I have a, a link where it shows the whole commercial. And I'm telling, and the door opens, and they get to come into our country. And they stand there at the wall, and she's crying. All of a sudden, the door is magically open, and they're allowed in. And I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, I they would use a child. This is ridiculous, ridiculous. Oh well, come oh, yeah, on, liberals, you If you thought Lady Gaga's halftime show was apolitical, consider the origin of this land is your land, Woody Guthrie, and. Uh, they believe that she knew about it, but um, God said the song was a communist anthem way before Gaga ascended. Did you people just wake up? This land is your land is the antithesis of freedom. Well, I had never heard of those other verses. And then Ken said, anyone who knows anything about music or music history knows who Woody Guthrie is. I'll bet you Lady Kaka, as he called her, knew exactly what she was doing. Whoa. So, We're not even in Bars Logic yeah, After yeah. Dark yet. That really is accelerating the show. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, Lady Gag-Gag on the tongue. I, oh, wow, that was almost really bad. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, caca. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I mean, I was, I, I was stunned. It just ruined that song for me. It really did. And when you ruin a song like that for me, it's like, I'm done. <laughs> I wish I had this. I didn't. I wish I didn't know the truth on that one. But it is what it is. You learn something all through life, and so now I've learned. And, and no, I'm not yeah, going to the Patriots if they play the Seahawks in the Super Bowl again. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, yeah, I tell you. Well, yeah, that actually was one of my favorite songs too. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I may have missed part of that, to be honest, because, you know, as I said, I did have a party going on, uh, so I might have been doing some kind of host duties uh, at this point for that. Um, and so maybe I'll I missed that. Now, I'll send you the link. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no. certainly send me the link. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then, you know, maybe we'll have more discussion on this uh, uh, next week. Uh, but anyway, and so we, we, we're going to get Kelly on the line, but, First, of course, for for those who are just uh, now chiming in, or if you're listening to the podcast, you just kind of fast forward through some things, uh, and you and you missed the first uh, segment of the show. Uh, we were talking about, you know, the boycott. Well, not the boycott, but the uh, Nordstrom's uh, taking uh, the Trump, Ivanka Trump uh, line, a uh, clothing line, and jewelry line uh, off their shelves and, and not selling it anymore. Uh, where you know, kind of won the fight back, and I kind of we do. I want to fight back on that by, you know, first, of course, uh, telling Nordstrom's of our displeasure. So definitely share the links that you're finding here uh, on Blog Talk Radio, uh, whereas, you know, I do have contact information. I have a link to their corporate office where people can also make comments. And, you know, some of those comments, uh, I tell you what, uh, you know, we've got here – 
let's see. I wonder if they got rid of some of the uh, other ones. Let's see. You know, like like this one. And this was, uh, you know, just, eight, you know, 18 seconds ago, it looks like. Um, and, you know, so people are definitely uh, paying attention. It says, you know, a bad decision to dump Ivanka Trump's line. Since when do we uh, condone uh, or condemn the daughter because of her father? Is Nordstrom part of the DNC now, or they just believe that uh, 50% of the country who supported Donald Trump are not their clientele? What are your clients, you know, what are your clients, the elitists? That's great. Good luck with that. But you are losing my business. Everything is not political. Stop the BS and help unify the country rather than an ad yet another divider. I'm so disappointed in your company. Another person just put shame on you. Um, and let's see. Uh, let's make some scrum down. Oh, let's see here. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Here's it. Here's this. And this is, uh, you know, a nutty person, I guess. And this is one of the things that I hate when people use their Christianity for stuff. I mean, it's Christians like this that, that make me glad I'm not one. And then, you know, it's just, I'm a Christian independent. God, these people piss me off. But anyway, nothing against Christians. But there's so many of them that, you know, a lot of you Christians out there, I love you. But let me tell you something. It's the people I'm getting ready to read from. As I said, make me glad I'm not one because there's so many hypocrites like that. Anyway, it says, I'm a Christian independent who was horrified by Trump and all that he stands for, including the blatant or disillusional lies. It's not just the left. If Ivanka isn't selling, why should Dorchums keep it and lose money? That's business, and Trump, of all people, should know this. <clears throat> Rabid Trump supporters appear to be okay with their lying, unorganized, ignorant, childish, disillusional tyrant. This is a free market, Nordstrom, a free press. Uh, the media has the right to relay, uh, relay facts. This person's an idiot. Um, a free country. We have reluctantly accepted our four-year fate, but we don't have to lie back and let them create an autocracy. You know what? I'm going to get ready to reply to this. See, so it's, you know, you know, but somebody did reply. I think it's hypocrites. Yeah, that should have been me. I don't know. I haven't even read it yet. But anyway, so I heard her line was selling. She had her line there for a very long time. Of course, this wouldn't be uh, coincidental now, would it? I thought there was going to be one thing we all learned, a lot of lying going on and a lot of dense people believing whatever they're told. Hmm. <clears throat> so you see, you know, and, and there's more. So you can check that out uh, by going to www.corporate uh, and then a dash uh, office-headquarters.com. A backslash Nordstrom dash eight. So check out those comments. Maybe even make some comments yourself. And you know, at, at some point, I, I, I think I may as well. I don't know if they're gonna. If you have to, you know, if you have to sign in or something. You know, what, whatever. I don't care. But anyway, you know, it just it, it just drives me nuts when Christians like that just try to. Oh, well, I'm a Christian. It's like so that gives you some kind of validity because you're. I don't know when they try to use their Christianity as some kind of you know, some kind of way of making the point, like, oh well, I must, I must be this certain kind of person because I'm a Christian, whatever. But anyway, I'm not going to blast them too, too hard. Uh, but that person, I will. But anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, get Kelly in here. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, <coughs> played, played electrical engineer today. That's a whole other story. And fix a pump. Anyway, um, let's see. 
I do want to start out talking about that Christian that upset you so much. I won't be surprised, Robert, if they're not Christians. If they're not Christians at all, that they uh, um, could pretend to be to turn people away from Christianity. I wouldn't even I wouldn't be surprised if they were even paid operatives. You look at what George Soros is doing, and Berkeley and all that mess, um, and the the woman march, the woman march after the inauguration. You know, paid operatives. Um. Anyway, but I want to. I want to. Uh, Good um, point. I I I take your point. I, I get it. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I know you like me. We like each other. It's really cool. I want to see you someday. Um, I try to. Yeah. So when are you gonna you coming to Nebraska in August? I'll be in Nebraska. Maybe uh, you know, I'll be able to see you this season. Yeah, I meet you halfway or something, maybe third way. Anyway, uh. But when I, you know, when I, if I have a problem with somebody on Facebook, I'll try to call them right away and say, look, you know, we're having problems. Let's talk this through. And it's because it can get out of hand when people start writing comments. They retaliate. And um, so I, you know, that's kind of how I handle I try not to incite somebody. Um, I think that's a problem. I, I even, you know, when Christians are on Facebook doing all sorts of things, I call them on it. I say, look, you shouldn't be treating people this way, folks. Would you want to be treated this way? So, but anyway, um, that's just a possibility. It might not really be a Christian. Um, but I did want to tell a little kind of a Good funny. Good point. Yeah, I wanted to tell a little bit of a funny, if you will. We were talking about that song, This Land is Your Land, you know, This is My Land. Well, actually, on the farm, <clears throat> my cousin, you know, we were kids, like 12, 13 years old, and it relates somewhat to immigration. Um he, he sang me this little song because, well, we, you know, we all had guns growing up on the farm. We all just every, we thought everybody had guns. I, I could never figure out, you know, like a hot summer day we'd come in for lunch and, you know, and sometimes we'd stay in a little longer just for the heat to go away and we'd watch Prices Right. I could never figure out why those people in California had, where were their jobs? Why are they not working? Well, how do they have time to go to these game shows? Anyway, it's just, you know, farm thinking's a little different. So, anyway, my cousin and I, we shot all sorts of birds with BB guns and shotguns. And so he sang me the song once, and we were like, I don't know, 13 or 14. He sang it like this. This land is my land. It isn't your land. I have a shotgun, and you don't have one. If you don't get off it, I'll blow your head off. This land is private property. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I don't know why, but that always stuck with me, that cute little song. But it relates nationally, too. Because, look, this is our country. You want to come here and get our goodies? Hey, we don't mind. Just tell us who you are. Let's have a vetting process. We are a nation of immigrants who came in mostly through, oh, that's right, legal vetting processes. And you had a sponsor before the Democrats, Christina Simmons, has told us over and over how it used to work. Uh, We essentially got the best of the best. Um, you could actually go to your county courtroom, and after a few years, you could be vetted, become an American citizen, a green card thing, vetted different system. So we were careful. We were very careful who we let into this country. And you know, we just kind of have these shotguns on this thing called a navy ship. You know, like a battleship. Another. We have the right to not let people into our house. I mean, you know, the liberals mm-hmm. want to go ahead and they want to go ahead and have such a wonderful. 
um, open fence policy, then why don't they just keep their doors open and unlocked every night? I mean, you know, there's this, right. you know, typically a lot of principles that, that hit us personally will also work well with the nation. If you're in a country business, you ought to invest in uh, fences. I mean, that's a simple Iowa farm boy uh, analogy. I mean, you know, don't listen to me. I just, you know, I mean, we didn't want to like our neighbors to take our cattle so we would like fence them in, you know, um, <laughs> it's our livelihood. So, <clears throat> but you know, um, but yeah, we if I had it my way. We'd put a fence on the border that has a one way door. If people want to leave, Hey, there you go. You can go to Mexico and you know, be lucky to survive for too long. Cause they don't really let their, they don't let illegals in. They treat them very harshly. Um, so I, I, I just, I, 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 I just, scratching my head. I have something else that I wanted to share with you later, but I, I wanted to yield my time to somebody else. I put it yeah, in let's go ahead. I was just reading this. Uh, someone someone just replied to a post I put on the Washingtonians uh, page here on, you know, on Facebook, and I'll reply to that later. Um, basically, I, I said, you know, I've, I've actually been considering subscribing to the publication, uh, uh, but I decided, you know, after seeing, you know, pretty much exclusively liberal writings of the political section, you know, I'll take my money elsewhere. And this guy, uh, you know, posted, said, 90% of D.C. is like this. Hope you'll adjust. <laughs> say, no, I'll never, I'll never, you know, I think I'll reply here say, no, I'll never move left. <laughs> But anyway, uh, hey, hey here's, can I throw out another multitasking? Funny? <laughs> can, can I throw out another funny? Yeah, go ahead. So there's this guy that had a neighbor, and uh, his neighbor believed in gun control and confiscating guns, and so the conservative takes a big sign makes a big sign with an arrow on it, playing his neighbor. So, Dear robbers, I have guns. I will shoot you dead. My neighbor, on the other hand, uh, believes in gun confiscation, and he doesn't have any guns. And, uh, of course, his neighbor came out and was furious about him putting the sign up. Because, you know, it's just robber bait is what it is. Well, you could also add on to that. Uh, my neighbor doesn't have any guns, and since he believes in open borders, he keeps his doors open every night. Front door, back door, just walk right in. <laughs> and, and let's go ahead and, and, and thank you, uh, Susan, for sending me the link. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and you know and, and read that article for folks uh, uh, for in, it's the Washington Post, but I will forgive you. Season. I'm just kidding. But anyway, so, if you thought, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah, if you thought Lady Gaga's halftime show was apolitical, consider the origin of "This Land Is Your Land," and it says Lady Gaga's high-wire drone-assisted Super Bowl halftime show was immediately praised by fans and publications alike as being apolitical. Uh, Lady Gaga keeps uh, political poker face while uh, singing the inclusion. At Super Bowl announced The Guardian, Lady Gaga steers clear of political politics at Super Bowl show, uh, claimed The Hill and Breitbart, Fox, and various other outlets published articles with similar headlines. 
And I guess, boy, Twitter, I tell you what, Bush, I mean, Bush, Trump has put Twitter on the map. He really has. I've never seen people, and I've read articles for years now, right, you know, and research for doing the show and this and that. But let me tell you something. I've never seen people taking quotes from Twitter, and I really need to get back on Twitter. I'm not on it as much, especially since I'm a member of the Patriot Journalist Network, and a big part of that is Twitter. But I've never seen where people have uh, articles have put so many re, uh, responses and people on tweets on, uh, as part of their articles as I have since <laughs> this election. I mean, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so we'll continue on uh, there, and maybe we'll read some of these tweets. But I don't know because some though argued Gaga included a veiled message, which let's be honest, folks, would that really surprise us? Build a message with her song choices. Much has been noted of her set's inclusion of Born This Way, a melodic celebration of gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender life. Most uh, seem to think that was her only subversive choice on Sunday. What many of the commentators have missed, though, was that Gaga's decision to sing This Land is Your Land may have been an inherently political statement. Though many consider the song to be an unblinkingly patriotic anthem, I think like you, Susan, and maybe used to be me, the American flag set to music, it was originally conceived as a sarcastic protest song by legendary folk singer and labor agitator Woody Guthrie. By the 1940s, Guthrie was sick of hearing Kate Smith singing Irving Berlin's God Bless America. Ironically, the song was open. I'm sorry. Ironically, the song Gaga opened her set on before slipping into couplet from The Slant is Your Land. While holed up in a Fleabag Hotel in New York City during a marathon writing session, uh, writing session in 1940, during which he penned uh, Hang Not, Slip Not, The Government Road, and The Dirty Overalls, Guthrie kept hearing the Kate Smith hit on the radio. Irritated fit. He wrote the words for his response song he sarcastically titled, God Bless America for Me, according to NPR. Each verse also ended with this, uh, with this line. It wasn't, it, was, sorry, it wasn't seemingly meant as a love song to the country, as noted pop critic David Cantell wrote in Slate. Guthrie had battled his way through the Depression toward the 1930s. Boots on the ground from Texas to Los Angeles and all around the American West. What he seen during his hard traveling, prejudice and hatred and violence, crowded labor camps, empty stomachs, and hungry eyes, led him to conclude that heavenly endorsement was the last thing America had coming. Eventually, he scratched this title off the lyric sheet, replacing it with, This Land is Your Land. He also replaced the closing line of each verse. After borrowing the melody from a 1930s gospel recording when the world's on fire to strum on his guitar, which he famously adorned with a sticker reading, The Machine Kills Fascists, he was ready to perform the new tune. In 1944, he recorded it with Moses Ash, but that version mostly disappeared. It wasn't published until 1997. Had it been, Americans may have viewed the tune in a different light. As Robert Santelli wrote, this land is your land, Woody Guthrie, and the journey of the American folk song. Uh, the version of this land, your land, that most Americans claim familiarity with, 
Does not contain the lyrics that doubt America's integrity or questions the country's commitment to essential freedoms. Those lyrics in the fourth and sixth verses, so check that out, folks, of the song often have been washed away or simply ignored. This is why this land is your land and has been able to stand side by side with other great patriotic pans to America. The Ash recording contained one of these two verses. The official recording released years later contained neither. Gaga did not sing them either during the halftime performance. As the forgotten fourth verse, which included the 1944 recording, feels particularly prescient in the infancy of the new administration by the president who imposed blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I guess this is the uh, I guess part of the song it, it says there was a big high wall where they tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the back side it didn't say nothing this land was made for you and me the meaning is a blunt as a sign he sings about America claims to be for everyone but it isn't meanwhile the sixth verse verse which was scribbled on the original lyric sheet but doesn't appear in the 1944 recording is even more politically charged this lyrical quartet is sharply critical of america hinting at an unfulfilled promise that the government would take care of its citizens one bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple by the relief office i saw my people as they stood hungry i stood there wondering if god blessed america for me it says, Guthrie's daughter, Nora, said she wasn't sure why this verse wasn't included in the recording, nor did she know why the 1944 recording was never released. And then, but those, that's the important part of it. And the, the article goes on, um, so, but it don't go on much longer. Well, that is interesting, and that actually does uh, sadden me uh, to hear that. But, you know, just like the, the Beatles song about Christmas, Oh, this is Christmas, and for one, you guys know, I hate the Beatles. I really do. I can't stand their music. People like are like, what? How can anybody hate? I hate the Beatles. Let's just make it known. And this is one reason I hate the Beatles, is, oh, this is Christmas, blah, 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 blah. It's not a good Christmas song. He's not saying anything good about Christmas. He's saying people who are celebrating Christmas are hypocrites. That's what he's saying. So everyone thinks that, that you know, John Lennon singing, oh, the, oh, this is Christmas. It's not a good thing. He's not praising Christmas. He's actually dissing it. So, you know, that, that's another thing about that. But go ahead, Susan. It's not like you want to chime in on something. Oh, no, no. I just said I don't like him either. I, I think there was a couple songs I liked, but the, I never liked them because I knew of their double uh, meanings behind many of their songs, you know. And when mm-hmm. I was a kid, oh, they're very liberal, they, especially John Lennon. They came over to America, you know. Is John Lennon and, even really his real name, or was it? I don't know. I thought I'll so. Have to research that because if it's not, it would make it's interesting why he would pick the last name of Lennon. Go ahead. Well, all the girls in the school, we all had fun before that, doing tetherball and jumping jacks, and just now they sit around. Every recess with magazines or this or that. Oh, this is cute. This is cute. Oh, oh, and they're like in the fifth and sixth grade. And I'm like, 
I think this group has caused me to lose my friends. I don't like them. I'm different. <laughs> it was horrible. We just were horrible. That's all they did was talk about the Beatles. I was a fifth and sixth graders. You know, it was just boring anymore. There was no more let's play hopscotch and let's we used to do that because that's all they wanted to do. And I looked at those and I said, these are long-haired freaks. Why are they going crazy over them? I guess my parents are different and I'm different. So I didn't fit in anymore. That's when I realized I was different. <laughs> oh, well. That's all I wanted to say, that I'm with you. <laughs> well, what, uh, so, you know, oh, man, I can't open that up. I don't know why that is. Trying to open up another link here for uh, that that I had prepared for the show. I'll get that in a little bit. Uh, but yes, wow, that's uh, that that that's sad. Uh, Kelly, do you, you want to make any comment on that? I'm I'm working on something. Let me pre- um, I'm <laughs> working on. So we all you multitasking, my friend. The what? So are you multitasking? I'm sorry. One more time. So are you multitasking? Well, I want to present something to people. It's rather encouraging. But there's been a concern um, from the left, and I'd like to address that gently, but um, there's concern that that uh, Trump is um, going to be a, a Hitler and shred the Constitution in a few days uh, or a few months. And uh, But I want to go over the checks and balances against the type a tyrant emerging in America. So I'm just I'm just bullet pointing this out, and I'll come back. Um, but even uh, a client that is, uh, you know, left, she was rather encouraged by this. So anyway, but I'll, I'll so that's kind of a preview. I'll, I'll quickly get these bullet points out, and then I'll come back. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'll have to come back because I'm getting many of these bullet points just quickly typed up. Um, oh, you're putting them out. Okay. Well, certainly. Well, one of the things – well, I tell you what, not only uh, was the Super Bowl, uh, you know, you know, you know, politicized more so than I've ever seen uh, before, even, even more so I think that the aftermath of the Super Bowl was, was inc- – I mean, not even just the aftermath. I mean, I heard, and if anyone finds an article or a video or something, to, to send it to me, please. Whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on, uh, you send it to me on Facebook or you post it on the, the Bard's Life Philip Talk page on Facebook or send it to me as a message on the contact page at www.bardslogicpolitalk.com, uh, where you can send me a message from that contact page. Uh, definitely uh, send this to me. But I heard that there was these comments, football commentators who were saying that the the New England Patriots didn't even – let me know if either one of you two have heard this or anyone on the line here that uh, pushed the one your number dial, let me know. But I heard that, you know, they – I heard that someone said that the uh, Patriots didn't even deserve to be in the Super Bowl, no less win it. I think they said even be in it because they said it prior to the, the winning – because their team does not reflect the rest of the NFL and that they have too many white people on their team. Because they have too many white people on their team. And then after they win, 
oh my gosh, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, just some of the things that people are out there. Um, and this is from uh, ZeroHedge.com. Since the left melts down after New England Patriot Super Bowl victory. And here's one of the things uh, that they're, you know, saying. And, of course, yeah, here's the, another article uh, that, that's posting uh, Twitter, <clears throat> Twitter feeds, people tweeting out. But uh, I know we'll read that as well. But I have it says, this has to be the most uh, butthurt genre of people in history, politicizing everything and losing badly, too, almost on a continuous basis. The left went uh, epileptic last night after the New England Patriots rallied from behind and defeated the Atlanta Falcons on the offices of the best quarterback to ever live, who also happens to be one of Trump's biggest supporters. Life for the dispirited left has been nothing but anguish and unimaginable misery uh, since Trump defeated Clinton. Their inability to cope, coupled with their lack of forbearance, have led them down a path of seemingly unending forays and public humili- humiliation. Um, it says, in the event you're not tired of seeing snowflakes melt, I've gone through the trouble of picturing some of the better public meltdowns on Twitter last night. As the Trump train rallied and ran through the coxcombs, rooting for the Falcons due to political beliefs. Now, these are some of the tweets that, uh, that were out here, and outrageous. Um, because, you know, because people are saying, you know, there's another article I've I seen um, where they're talking about, you know, white supremacy, you know, won the Super Bowl. But um, here, uh, let's see. Let's see. Now, one, it's uh, Donald Trump tweeted, you know, uh, where have I seen stats like this before? And I guess he's talking about when he won. And uh, and then this is someone says, no to America. This is what happens when Trump takes your team to win. Uh, two to three, halftime. Rise up, let's go Atlanta. See, they thought, ah, uh, because Trump voted for them, he's, uh, they're going to lose. But they came back and won. And then here's Michael Moore. We all know who that chub ass is. But anyway, I'm sorry. That wasn't nice. Um, and uh, it says, as second half begins, Trump says Patriots are up by 27. Spicer challenges press to prove that Falcons have even crossed the goal line once. That's Michael Moore. I'm an idiot. Um, and then this is Sheila E. Okay, you got to know who Sheila E. is, right? And she says, this was at, no, this was 1025, so this is after the game. We really just watched the presidential election in football form. And then in capital, she puts, I am sick. Uh, and then this lady, Sarah, listen to this. This is where things are starting to get off the wall, folks. Okay? And this lady says, can white people stop having good things happen to them? I hate this. Really? Could you imagine if we were to tweet something like that, the vitriol that would come down for that? Can white people stop having good things happen to them? I hate this. Hello, politicians. Hello, people. And this is something as whites, okay? You know, I don't care if you're, you know, black, green, yellow, red, purple, whatever. I don't don't care. But here's the thing. Here's the truth, folks, and you better get used to it. And we need to realize this as Caucasians, as white folks. Guys, gals, we still are the majority in this country. We still are. And if we start acting like it, hey, so what? Um, you know, oh, this is white lash. You're damn right. Because if the, the people who've been discriminated, 
in the past, especially eight years and not farther, is white people. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm not some white supremacist or something like that, but I'm tired of it. And it's about damn time that we stood up and represented ourselves. How many times do you hear, you know, you know, black folks stuff, all we need to represent? Okay, well, fine. Represent yourself. But it's time for us to stand up, not be ashamed that we happen to be white, we happen to be European, not to be ashamed of that, be proud of that. There's nothing wrong with being proud that you're white. How come you can have, you know, black pride? How come you, you know, but if you have white pride, you're, you know, you're a supremacist. Okay. You know, how can you can't, you can have black history month, but oh my gosh, can you have white history month? I mean, seriously. And then you have people saying, you know, can white people stop having good things happen to them? I hate this. And then you have another person, you know, uh, who, uh, this lady, is this the year of white supremacy? Really? And another person, white, blame white supremacy. This is about, the Patriots winning because they have too many white people on their team, or I guess their offensive line, you know, and they don't follow the, you know, with the rest of the NFL. Hey, we got, we've got affirmative action, right? You're familiar with affirmative action. You have to have a certain quota to, to mimic the population in your business. Does the NFL do that? Okay. Does the NBA do that? Seriously, if you want, if you had to take the percentage of the population and have your and have your 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 business match the population with affirmative action, why don't they do that in sports? They don't. If they did, you would have more teams looking like the the the, the Patriots. But you know what? It's not about that. It's not about the color of their skin. It's about how they perform. And if they and, and if the Patriots decide because it's it is a private business that these are the people they want on their team. Shut the hell up. But anyway, but they're talking about, oh, my gosh, what, you know, and it, it, this is ridiculous. You know, and then, you know, since the Patriots getting destroyed is nice con- consolation prize for Donald Trump ruining America. The guy has bar- hasn't even been in office for a month. Um, and then another person, Trump's team, now this is before, you know, they, they came back. Trump's team's losing commercial showing diversity. See what I mean? Commercial diversity. All the commercials were were politics about you know. Lady Gaga killing the halftime. Deplorables. This is your Super Bowl. You're right. You're right because Trump won. You know, Trump's team won. You know, and then uh, let's see. It says tonight every liberal, right-minded, smart, decent, civilized, democratic soul on earth is from Atlanta. Lose, Pats, lose. Really? You know, and then uh, and then they start losing. And then they, he says, God hates us, you know. And then you got another person, uh, you know, says, I don't know nothing about football. All I know is the symbolism in this game is real. Please, black Jesus, don't let white supremacy win tonight. I mean, this is utterly ridiculous. You know, utterly ridiculous, you know. Uh, this game is like the election. When you think there's no way white supremacy can win, it sneaks up in you in the end, and shocks you. I mean, th- this is utterly ridiculous. Um, and then you have another lady with a picture, you know, she's in a parka or whatever the Muslims call it, a burka, and she's like, looks like white supremacy won. It's really election 2016 over again. I mean, really, folks, this is football. And they're, I mean, and then you got this one guy. Um, let's see. Let's see. What, you know, I'm 
this shit really do feel like when Hillary lost the election because I'm still trying to figure out how it happened. You know, and then another person. Uh, the Falcons cannot lose to the Patriots during Black History Month in the Trump era. I mean, this is why I say you've got liberal lunacy. I mean, this is outrageous. I mean, it goes – I mean, I could, I could read more. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's, it's unbelievable. What, 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 I mean, and we've got uh, John on the line. So we're going to bring in John, get your thoughts, and then you, Susan, and then Kelly. And we've got other folks on. Uh, if you like to listen, great. But if you like to chime in, uh, push the one on your number dial. We'll get you in to do that. But let's go ahead at this point, uh, bring, in, uh, bring in John. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Robert. Um, I'm kind of sad that we even have to discuss this kind of stuff. It, it, I mean, it's, it just burdens my heart because, I mean, I, I, I don't look at people for color. I mean, I acknowledge that they do have different shades to them. I'm not blind, at least not yet. But at the same time, I don't like making it an issue. I, I think it's sad. Does somebody just automatically assume that the whole team of the Atlanta Falcons were black and the whole team of the, you know, what was the other team? The New England Patriots? Oh, the Falcons. All white? The Patriots, nothing? yeah. I mean, they got black people on their team too, don't they? Oh, well, they the do. But just what they, what, what they call key players, like, like well, they're, they're upset they had a white quarterback. You know, I think you're running. I think your um, wide receivers were white. You know, good. the offensive the line was white. The running back that got three touchdowns is black. He won the, the, the actual touchdown at the end of the game. But I mean, it, it, you know, it's sad. They say, but it was a white, white guy that handed him off the ball. So, so that's racist. Go ahead. I'm being facetious yeah, when I say that. But go ahead. Matt Ryan, the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, is white. He hands off the ball to all his players. But, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. All, but, see, also, too, I mean, if you think about it, or what I think is also sad is in our, our very own government, we don't have a white caucus. We have a black caucus. But I can't join it. If I'm in the Congress, I, can I join the black caucus, even though it's a part of our government? And, I mean, I can't. Can I join the NAACP? I mean, it's kind of sad. There's these organizations that they set up to be focused on that race. But if we tried to set up something like that, we would be called racist. But they could oh, do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Well, just like, the, you know, uh, this is the, what they call it, the Negro College Fund. I mean, that's what they call it. You know, I mean, and, you know, so, I mean, it's college funds just specifically for blacks, which, hey, that's fine. But you're right. If we try to say we're, we're going to set up a college fund that the only white people get it, well, you can't do that. That's racist. And see, that's what burdens my heart. It really hurts, makes me sad because, you know, I grew up idolizing running backs and stuff because that was my first dream whenever I was a kid is to be an athlete. And most of the great athletes that I always looked up to were black. But I didn't care, and it didn't make any difference to me whether they were black or white. I just like Barry Sanders because he's the greatest running back ever in the history of the NFL. You know, or Joe Washington from OU. I mean, those guys were just above and beyond. And it did not make a difference that they were a different shade of color than me. 
it's just ridiculous. I don't know why people. I mean, in a in a way, I think it's a it's a substitute frustration for the fact that they that in my humble opinion, because I have lived in situations where, for whatever reason, I've been able to interact with a lot of different cultures of people. In my humble opinion, and it's my real world experience, which is limited. Take that with a grain of salt. I can't see everybody's bubble. Each and every one of us live in our own bubble. And I only see from my bubble. But I've bumped into enough other people's bubbles and got deep enough into their lives to understand that they have a different view from their bubble. And for whatever reason, sometimes people can't seem to get outside of looking at themselves and how they see the world as if that's the only perspective. And whenever you have these different groups, like the wealthy, for the most part, are senators and governors, because they have to have serious connections with money in order to even raise enough money to campaign to even become somebody in government. And they live in a bubble that is so protected from the rest of the world or the rest of America, and I think that's why... Donald Trump is such a unique guy that he can be a billionaire and still at least give lip service. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because he's only been in office for a short time. we got to give him more time to prove whether he really is interested in serving the forgotten man or if he's actually just lip service trying to use him, you know, as bait to get in and do what he wants to do. But anyway, giving him benefit of the doubt that he's – you know, going to hopefully do that, but it's very rare that somebody that lives in the bubble like Donald Trump understands or cares enough about the forgotten man and their bubble and how they see life that they're willing to risk their entire life, everything, their millions or billions, in his case, to stand on it, unless there's some other I don't know, some other alternative motive that we don't see yet then it's it's just rare. Well, because of my own personal situation or, you know, life's experiences, I think I've got to see from different people's bubbles. And most of the time, the people at the lower end of the economic scale or, um, you know, homeless or, or less fortunate, for whatever reason, they're excluded governing. They get governed taxation without representation and it's just a new form of involuntary servitude. And that's why I said, you know, last week you get the representation like a pimp rep- represents a prostitute because they dictate to you, you have to report all of your earnings to them. Then they dictate whether you like it or not, how much of it they're going to keep and they're going to appropriate for the things that they think is necessary, whether you like it or not, and you have no say into it. And then they dictate how much percentage of your hard-earned money you get to keep. And then they dictate how you can spend it and what you can spend it on and whether you can get it out of the bank or a certain amount of it here and there. And it's just ridiculous that most of us can't see other people's bubbles, and we automatically think that our bubble is the only perspective that exists. And so that frustration I kind of understand, and that's partly why it burdens me that they're 
missing an opportunity to speak up and have their equal say in governance as an equal citizen. And it's being embezzled right out from under them. And extrinsic fraud and mistrisian is being, and it's just a new modern-day slavery. So I don't even know how to fully get into all the details without going way off the track. But I think that's partly why we have these divisions, and it's sad. Back to you. And Susan sent me in a, in a, in a, another article. Thank you, Susan. And that brings, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll bring it out uh, for that, and then we'll we'll get your comments, Susan and then and Kelly. And this is uh, from headlinepolitics.com. Uh, did you catch what Cast of Hamilton did singing "America the Beautiful" at the Super Bowl? And this was from February sixth uh, this year. And it says, as many of you remember, shortly after Donald Trump's presidential victory, Mike Pence. And this was a jab. Now, this, this was – I can't believe they said that. Well, I guess I can, but this is let, – let's just listen to this. This is BS. Just not learning from Abe Lincoln that Republicans shouldn't enter theaters. Really? Really? You're going to make that reference to the assassination of a president? Really? It's amazing what these – oh, I almost, I almost dropped an F-bomb. It's amazing what these people can get away with. It's unbelievable. What the what the people can with with saying and alluding to uh, took his family to see the Broadway play Hamilton. He was not uh, he was met with some applause when he entered the theater and plenty of booze as well. At the end of the play, lead actor Lin Manuel Miranda gave a speech directed at Pence, stating, "Vice President Elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here." At Hamilton, an American musical, we really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and work on behalf of us, uh, of us all, all of us. We truly thank you for sharing the show this wonderful American story told by the diverse group of men, women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. I think there was actually more to that, but I wonder if this article uh, <clears throat> admitted that. But anyway, it, it continues and says, at last night's Super Bowl, three former members of the Hampton cast, I'm not going to give people their names because who cares, uh, saying America the Beautiful at Super Bowl, following in Miranda's books that there was a slight jab at Trump made during singing. During the singing of America Beautiful, when they got to the part and crowned that good with brotherhood, the three women added sisterhood. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, so, so oh, well, at least Lena Gaga didn't make the halftime show a political spectacle as many assume she would. Well, actually, she did. And thank you for, for pointing that out, uh, Susan. Um and so, you know, you know, now it's, I mean, that's the, that's another thing that's, that's coming up now. I mean, actually, yeah, it's actually, it was a, a woman who, who pointed that out to me where they said thing about the sisterhood. Obviously I must've been hosting for my party and missed that part as well. I guess I wasn't paying as much attention to the Super Bowl as others, but anyway, um, so she pointed out, I mean, which is good. I mean, I'm glad they were able to inform me. So I'm glad that it is. Um, and so, and now you can't even send me now brotherhood. I mean, hello, brother, you know, just like you can't say mankind anymore. 
you got to say person kind or whatever. It's like, hello, humankind, mankind, same thing. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous, the PC that's, that's, that's coming out. What, what do you think, Susan, as, as our female on this panel tonight? I, I agree. I don't have an issue with those kind of things. You're break, I, I can barely hear you, Susan. Sounds like you're talking away from your phone. <laughs> or mic, I, said, or I, don't, I don't have an issue with those kind of things. So I guess it didn't offend me, you know. But maybe I'm just an oddball. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe well, you know. But I will say something about now back to... Tom Brady, you know that there was even talk of he should be murdered or assassinated or something, and you know I don't like him, and he because he he got a girl pregnant and dumped her well and started dating someone else. There's little things about him I don't care for. I'm sorry, but just because just because he's you don't you don't do that. You don't do that. You who, don't, who are you talking? Who are you talking about? Tom Brady. You don't talk of assassinating. Oh, okay. You're, okay, you're talking about getting somebody pregnant. Stuff. I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, Tom Brady did that. So there's reasons I don't care for him. But I, I'm not, I'm not so mean that I, I want him assassinated. That's just stupid and arrogant. I just retarded. I mean, you just don't do that. He's just a football player, and you either like him and his team or you don't. But you don't talk about that. Despite some of the football teams I don't like, I have never spoken like that about any of them. Never. Any of the players. So I couldn't believe the – I defended him. I said, man, oh, man, these liberals are making me defend this guy, and I don't care for him and his team. (laughs) But I have to defend him. It was a couple other attacks that I'm just like, ridiculous. They're forcing my hand, and I don't like it. <laughs> and I, I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. And I had to say something on, on in the group. I just said, this is for your information, what people are saying. And I I don't like it, but I have to. I have to, I have to say it. You know, the only thing I liked about them winning, and I mean the only thing, was the fact that Shane McClellan from uh, Idaho, a local town out here, uh, Marsing, and he played for the Boise State Broncos, got a Super Bowl ring. So it does make our Boise State Broncos look good. That's the one good thing I could say about it. <laughs> I, I, I kept telling everybody, it's not my Super Bowl. It's not my Super Bowl. If you can say he's Trump's not your president, I can say this is not my Super Bowl. Because my team ain't there. The Russians hack. The Russians bribe the referees. <laughs> I'm being facetious, you know, there, but um, that's how I felt, you know. And I read some stuff like that, and people were putting on there, it's just like, uh, this this is a prejudiced game because they aren't allowing women to play. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> they had all kinds of stuff on Twitter about, it's not my Super Bowl, and they had funny stuff like that on there. And I was just laughing mm-hmm. my head off that. Between the songs of Lady Gaga and all the other nonsense, and, like someone stole his shirt. Um, yeah, that's what I heard, something like that. I mean, yeah, that's kind of I mean, it is. I mean, it's just, this this country's gone 
crazy since since the you know not even not since but you know during the election and afterwards it's it's just unreal. Uh, and, and what are your thoughts, uh, Kelly? What do you see other folks on the line? Uh, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, I'll get you into the show. I may do a little screen just to get your name, uh, but that's fine. And then we'll get you in uh, for you to speak on our topics this evening. If there's uh, anything else that you'd like to uh, bring up for the show. Uh, so, as I well, said, just push the one on your number dial. We'll get you in. Let's go ahead and uh, what, what's your thoughts, Kelly? Well, some, sometimes I wonder all these, if all these social issues are just a massive distraction. You know, um, Rick Santorum got in a pickup truck in 2011 trying to win the Iowa caucus pickup truck and says, yeah, I'm pro-life and pro-guns, and he won the Iowa caucus. Meanwhile, NDAA was getting approved again to spy on us. So you begin to wonder, is there a big distraction going on somewhere? i got a lady friend, and she's really sharp. She's a Bernie lover. Mm-hmm. You know, I like her. I respect her. Um, she's, she's really concerned about China. Really concerned about China. So is this social stuff a distraction? I don't know. But I do want to mention some of the concerns I've received from the left lately. And there's some good news when you sit down and think about it. The checks and balances against the tyrant. Now, uh, some friends on the left, and I say friends, and I really like these people. I like their opinions. And surprisingly, there's a lot we agree with. Obviously, social issues we won't, but... Um, but, you know, election, working election integrity, I met a lot of these really neat people. And I have a, a client right now that she's a big Bernie fan. And she's been very concerned about Trump being a tyrant. And so I've been assuring her, look, there's a lot of checks and balances in the structure of our system that prevents the tyrant. I mean, they, they literally believe, some of them, that Trump's going to shred the Constitution in a few months, and it's over, and he's going to become Adolf Hitler. I, mean, I don't know where they're getting this. But I can only liberal lunacy. Well, I, I I don't know who's putting this out, but if we study our constitution, we look at the checks and balances. This is a beautiful thing, our checks and balances. Um, so I just want to go through these. This might take a little time, but I think it's really beautiful. And it's not just you know, Obama wanted to do some things, indefinite detention. That's really frightening. Even Rachel Maddow, Rachel Maddow, total left, sold out to the left. She called. Oh, she's Obama. a nut. Well, hold on here. She's really insulted, but you know what? She called Obama on indefinite detention. And she even said that he's speaking out of his mouth in two ways. She was really frightened and concerned. So some of the left, believe it or not, they actually are concerned about um, violations of the Constitution and tyrant. So anyway, so I want to go through these. But right now, um, you know, checks and balances against a tyrant. Economic stability. Yes, we're not doing well financially. Yes, there's 60,000 homeless people in New York. Um, That's from a homeless journal that I got. Anyway, so when you have economic stability, that that prevents a tyrant from rising up. And, of course, you know, the left are like this. It's a safety net. Unemployment, uh, you know, you get paid unemployment. There's welfare. See, here's the bottom line. People get starved. They start to riot. They start to riot. Governments topple. But we'll get to that. See, we, we don't have the ingredients um, that caused Adolf Hitler to rise to power in Nazi Germany. If you look at the German history, World War I, they lost the Treaty of Versailles, terrible reparations. They had uh, The country was broke paying the reparations. There was inflation, starvation. Women were prostituting themselves to feed their kids. It was a disaster. If people are starving, you know, there comes riots, chaos, or they're craving for a savior. 
So along came the banksters and other and firms that weren't so good for Germany and the world. They had some ulterior motives. They started to do an infrastructure like the Audubon. Pretty soon the German economy was just thriving. And oh my gosh, everybody worshipped Hitler. And they went to war, and it was World War II. Of course, the Jews and political dissidents and uh, Bonhoeffer, who was a Christian pastor, getting the Jews out of the country. He was he was executed a week before the war ended. So anyway, but that, that's we don't have those ingredients right now because our economy is, is somewhat strong compared to the world. But another big defender against the tyrant is the First Amendment. It's still in effect. Um, if not the ACLU fighting against um, violations of the First Amendment, ACLJ and other groups um, defend the First Amendment in court. One of them, of course, is the right to assemble peacefully, not like Berkeley where people will beat up, but peacefully is the key word, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. What's the point of this? Political opponents are protected. You look in the history of the world, a lot of political opponents are kings who just kill them. William Penn was basically uh, about to be killed because he said, bad, said very bad things about the king of England, and the jury protected him. That's the famous special case of 1680. So, you know, we have also in the Constitution due process, law, trial by jury, the grand jury, the right to confront your accusers, uh, the right to attain an attorney if you want one of those. Um, we have got the appellate process. See, the Weimar Republic, prior, which was the German government, prior to Nazi Germany, in 1924, they terminated trial by jury. There was no protection for political opponents once you removed trial by jury. Of course, as you know, people rounded up, they were killed. You know, And we look at uh, one of the founders, if you will, at least his influence. He wasn't there when the Constitution was put together. But Thomas Jefferson said this, I consider trial by jury as the only anchor ever yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its Constitution. This great trial by jury will protect our political opponents. All right, so you got courts. They're still strong. In 2007, it was Boumediene versus Bush, Boumediene versus Bush, uh, where the right of habeas corpus was still affirmed. That's an article in Section 9 of the Constitution, not in the Bill of Rights, surprisingly. All right, sheriffs. They're the supreme law enforcement officer of the county. That's a Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. They can tell the Fed to get out. Um, elections. They're run by the county. And not by the dictator who keeps winning the election because he keeps rigging the election in, like, say, South American countries. So, you know, you can vote people out. Impeachment. House and then the Senate. We uh, had a president resign. That would be Nixon because he got impeached. And before the Senate, he realized he was going to be totally disgraced, so he resigned. States. we got 50 of them, and they have national guards. The governor can say, hey, I'm not going to do the will of the feds. There is a nullification, state nullification. Rick Perry when he was governor of Texas, twice. Twice. He was a little upset about the federal overreach. And guess what? He mentioned in two two separate speeches that Texas can secede. Oh, goodness. Cal Exit. That's going to be on the ballot in 2018. Cal Exit leaving the union. Again, another check and balance against a tyrant. Germany didn't have this. Russia didn't really have this. China, Mao, didn't have this. You know, there's some beautiful things about history. We keep studying history, the left and the right. We see the historical trends of the Nazis, Stalin, Mao, etc. We know the trends that are coming at us, and we know what to do. And mostly, liberty from our Constitution, liberty has gone into us 
into the soul of our being, into our genetics, and we the people will rise up again, and surprisingly the left and the right will unite against the tyrant. And I'm seeing that, by the way. I don't support the left's view of Trump because it's misinformed. But, you know, there are signs. There are signs when a tyrant will appear. You know, we, we could say this about when Obama was president, and Obama couldn't execute the will of the New World Order. Neither could George Bush, Sr. or Jr. But these systems of checks and balances are really encouraging. But we do have to watch out for an economic disaster because any nation becomes vulnerable. You have chaos, rioting, violence, and government responds with force to justify its own existence. This has happened over and over in the world, and the people get crushed unless they have a good constitution. So that's the first step is economic disaster to look for. Number two, to determine trial by jury and due process. Real quick, uh, Kelly, i got to make a program. Real quick, Kelly, i got to make a programming note because it is quarter till the hour, and we do have Naj on the line, and Naj, we will be getting you into the show. Uh, but, of course, in the next uh, 14 minutes, uh, do not let your call drop because if, if it does, uh, after the next 14 minutes, you will not be able to call in. So uh, make sure that uh, the phone's a charge or whatever you need to do or so that it doesn't get dropped uh, so we don't lose your call. Uh, because at the top of the hour, uh, that will uh, happen. If you're not on the call, you won't be able to call back in, unfortunately, or join us for our extended period for what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. And so if you're also out there listening, you'd like to chime in or listen to the extended period, give us a call at 347 945 and I'll get you into the show. Uh, as I said, we do have Naj on the line. We'll be getting him in shortly. But let's go ahead and get those uh, other points from Kelly, and then we'll bring it. Uh, we'll bring Naj in. Go ahead, Kelly. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I just want to go through these points. The signs when a tyrant will appear. We have economic disasters. Of course, I just mentioned that. Um, inflation is another big, big key element. And that's what the Germans suffered before Hitler got in. But all right, terminate trial by jury and due process, indefinite detention, which does what? These items protect political opponents. So when political opponents are no longer protected, they're shut up, they're jailed. Eventually, the next step, political opponents are then killed. And then number five, people become afraid to assemble and fight, and tyranny has won. In our nation's history, we have suffered many economic depressions. There was a couple in the 1800s. Of course, there was the Great Depression. There was stagflation under Jimmy Carter. Yes, we're having an economic problem right now. Many nations are vulnerable to fall, but because of our structure. America the beautiful, God bless us, we have survived threats to our great republic because of the founders and the Constitution. So with that, I turn that over to somebody else. And that's somebody else. Let's go ahead, Kelly, and bring in uh, Nosh. Thank you very much, Nosh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, man. How you guys doing? Good, good. Get here in the show. What can we, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I think uh, history, of course, is you know always the best thing to go to when you're when you're looking at uh, trying to figure out a moment. But I think what we're seeing now is a nation in decline. Now. Declines happen, you know, it happens to everybody. It doesn't mean that it's permanent. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a free fall. Uh, it can be turned around. It could just be a, a short period. But this is a nation in decline, and this is a nation where institutions are either being destroyed or they're going to be changed. And a lot of these institutions are 
you know, it's kind of old world thinking. It's kind of things that were in place and you do them because that's what you do, you know, kind of a customary way of looking at things. I would, I would put it like this. Uh, newspapers used to make a lot of money off the classified section. Uh, Craigslist came into the forefront. Classified section was gone. Newspapers lost those ads. And, and that's what I mean throughout America. Different industries are going to be shrinking or disappearing. Uh, a lot of industries are going to be consolidated. And what we're seeing in the political process is people were so upset with the two-party system that they were willing to vote in someone who not only is not a politician, but doesn't really understand politics or, you know, legislation or anything like that. They just wanted somebody to speak directly and hopefully get some kind of changes within the system. So I think the decline is obvious to everybody and everybody's kind of, you know, wondering where it's going to go within the next you know, year or so. So this is a real interesting time because you have Trump in office with all chambers of power in the Republican Party so they can get their wish list as far as things they want to accomplish. And then the question becomes, Democrat or Republican, if they get their wish list, is it actually good for the country? Me personally, I would say no, as a person who doesn't vote for either party. It's going to be interesting. The, the fact that instead of uh, appointing cabinet members who would be later working for Goldman, he actually appointed people from Goldman. So he eliminated the middleman. Okay, I'm going to directly hire the guy. Uh, Betsy DeVos, her husband, ran for governor. He didn't win. So they said, okay, well, we'll buy a position. They started donating money, and now she's the head of the Department of Education. And she wants to put in the things that she thinks will fix the educational system. So I just think that's what we're dealing with right now, a serious decline and a serious restructuring of the nation and certain institutions that will no longer be here and we're going to see uh, what happens uh, after the transformation. But they say, may you live in interesting times. So all of you can, you cannot say you didn't live in interesting times. <laughs> That's for certain. And hopefully uh, I'll be around uh, for, for a lot, lot longer and see a lot more things. Uh, and, and just a couple of questions for you, Nosh. Um, and, and I generally, and, and people who follow the show uh, since 2012, you know, know this. Is that generally, especially actually in in, in the elections uh, for uh, for president, you know, I've gone, you know, for and I've gone, you know, not always for the you know alternate parties, third parties, but you know, I, I have definitely in the past, especially 2012, uh, you know, I supported some some local uh, third party candidates, uh, you know, that you know in this past election year as well. Uh, now. You know, frankly, since she, you know, you gave full uh, full candor disclosure, I will too. I was and still am a, a, a Trump supporter. I think a big reason that I don't see him as a Republican. I really see him as, as an outsider. I see him as a non-politician. Uh, now, here's a question for you: uh, because and because of the election of Donald Trump, uh, do you think that is kind of a bellwether for uh, maybe even more acceptance in later uh, elections towards uh, third-party candidates? I, no, I, I think the fact that he had to run as a Republican and Bernie Sanders had to run as a Democrat kind of shows their stranglehold on the election system. And it, it's not accidental. They create the high benchmarks for the third parties uh, to make it so mm -hmm. difficult for them to get in. The signatures, uh, the amount of money. Uh, did you know that they have to run in a national election to be eligible on the state ballot? So, like, the Green Party has to run as a national uh, party in order to be uh, available to vote, you know, to be on the ballot locally. And of course, the Democrats right. try to trample them 
and the Republicans, they try to trample the libertarians. So it, it, it's that dynamic going on. So I, I, I don't see a third party uh, really being viable, unfortunately. Well, you know, yeah, on the national level, yeah, I, I would agree with you at this point at the national level. You know, I, I think maybe on the, you know, the, and I've said this uh, during this past election, I think for the the, the ultimate parties, and, you know, I sp- spoke with those from the Green Party, uh, Libertarian Party, Constitution Party, that, you know, maybe more focus uh, should be, you know, local government, especially if, you know, there was be able to get some localities to pass laws and actually is something I'm going to be working on. Is to do prefer is to talk more about and actually you know try to get implemented uh, or at least voted upon or what have you. Uh, preferential voting. I, I think if if we were to actually have preferential voting, that could really be something that can open up uh, for the third parties, the alternate parties, uh, and, and that's definitely for a discussion at a later time. Uh, so uh, two Agreed. things, uh, you know, with with. with uh, yeah, too, and you can make comment on that if you like, of course. Uh, but two things, uh, you know, with our our topics are tonight and our two segments was, you know, of course we talked about Nordstrom's, uh, you know, dropping the Ivanka Trump line, and then you know, of course the, uh, you know, what we've seen with the, I noticed with the Super Bowl and how politicized uh, the Super Bowl is becoming. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of politic- politicization in our sports, our retail, even our fashion. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on those? And what you've been saying uh, with that? Yeah, I, I think people are confusing political for economic. Uh, these moves that these companies are making, these aren't based on their politics. This is based on them doing polling and them doing, uh, you know, just just analytics, looking at who their customers are, what their customers prefer, looking at social media and seeing what's driving their actual, you know, profit margin, and at that point making a choice. So for Nordstroms to do that, obviously the bottom line of Nordstrom's, it was good for them to do that. It's not because they're so, you know, politically uh, undisciplined that they would, you know, make that public. No, no, this is, just, this is bottom line. Now I think it's going to come back and slap them in the backside. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that, but they wouldn't go out here if they didn't have their bean counters doing the research beforehand. Like these aren't, you know, just regular everyday people, uh, making a gesture for who are looking at their customer base. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's all they're concerned with. And the moment uh, the thing well, swings, if it swings to the other side, uh, they will be just as strident for the other side. You know, and I think, well, and I do think this could be a, a hell of a lot of backlash. And I think it's a lot of backlash that they're being counters. I don't think uh, anticipated. I mean, and you know, we'll, we'll see as time goes on, uh, whether that ends up, you know, playing out. But, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, and, and here's, and I think this election is a perfect example. You know, you had all the polls and, you know, people doing their bean counting when it came to uh, this presidential election and, and, and all the counters uh, were pointing towards a Hillary Clinton uh, uh, victory, and we see that didn't happen. And that took a lot well, of people well, by well, surprise. That's, that's or a, that's or, a, yeah, that's a peculiar one, though, because polling only works if the people tell you the truth. If Certain uh, Trump supporters had a strategic moment and said, we're not going to tell people we're supporting Trump. So when they got the calls or they did some of these online polls and they didn't say that they were going to vote for Trump, said they were undecided or said they would vote Hillary, that's a great way of skewing the data. And honestly, uh, that may have been the biggest thing in the election cycle because it gave Hillary the arrogance to think that she should go to purple states or some red states, even when she went to Texas and Utah, uh, thinking that she could uh, 
flip those states instead of spending time in her Midwest strongholds. So political strategy, <laughs> uh, at a certain point, you got to give it up to them for that one, man. So they did what they did to the polling. Nate Silver and those boys are still trying to, uh, you know, recover. Yeah, they're still trying to stay, you know, say face on that. And I, mean, and I don't know how widespread, uh, you know, that it was where people were, you know, were saying that they didn't know who they were going to vote for or they uh, vote for Hillary. Uh, there's certainly not, not to my knowledge, and I really don't think there ha- there was any concerted effort well, uh, in order to do I mean, something I like that. I wouldn't make the, up stuff the, the on you, man. Just, just check it out. Oh, no, remember how close the election was. <laughs> yeah, just I'm, remember how close the election was. And think about what the margins could do by just, you know, a few blocks or a few counties, you know, a couple thousand people doing something like that can really skew somebody's data. So, like I said, just check it out, man. It's just real interesting. And I, like I said, I think people should be commended because that was a great strategy to take on. And, you know, the arrogance of Hillary. She's going to win Georgia. She's going to win Tech. Yeah, that that's that was her campaign. There's no way she's going to win Texas. <laughs> if she would have won Texas, and someone was some, they, they they definitely were. If she would have won Texas, someone definitely was, but have been successful in in rigging the electronic voting machines. Well, well, look. The funny part is she wins the popular vote, right? What does that mean? All the money and time that she spent in some of these states that she couldn't pull off, she got more votes than Democrats typically get. That doesn't make make you closer to winning. Doesn't make you the president, and you just wasted a lot of money, time, and effort <laughs> in counties that won't flip a state. So it, it's some of the most you know backward strategic thinking ever. But yeah, just I mean, people are gonna talk about this election for decades, man. One of the most oh, interesting certainly. we've ever seen. I have another. No, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I kind of see it from a little different perspective. I don't know that I fully see everything clearly, but part of, you know, there was, what, 127 different businesses that signed some letter against Trump because of the executive orders that they call a ban, which is actually um, President Trump's extreme vetting practices being put into place. Well, the other alternative motive that I see going on is most of these big companies that are on this list and Nordstrom and all these, they have shareholders and board of directors that are all directly connected with the stock market. They understand how this artificial, um, and you know, where the feds have been pumping all this money into the, um, and how that actually creates an artificial bubble that doesn't truly reflect the values of the underlying stocks associated with those companies. And these big money changers, they want to turn it to a global um, governing situation where all of the corporations can dictate governance for the entire world so they can control governance. And that's what I see. This is just another distraction trick in order to get us following the little butterflies and and, and um, fireflies while they're really kicking tail on the other side when we aren't really paying attention and don't understand what's going on. Because just I, like I, Kelly's was talking no. go ahead. No, I, I hate to say this to you because I don't want to demoralize people, but that's already happened, sir. Uh, unfortunately, well, corporations have process, way more yeah. power than sovereign governments, and when they collude together, they can destroy an economy. They can freeze you out of trade markets. Uh, they can pressure other nations not to trade with you. They can put duties on 
They can make a nation put duties on your uh, your goods as far as coming across borders. Uh, just study Brazil and study Greece within the last 10 years, and you'll see uh, the economic stranglehold they can put on nations who won't comply. So I, I, yeah. I, like, I hate to bring this up because I don't want to demoralize people, man, but honestly, no, Nudge, yeah, that's already occurred, man. Nudge, Nudge, you're right, because if you've ever listened to any of the archives on this show, this is something I say that's been going on for at least 150 years in my, my understanding. As far back as I can tell, this has been a continual fight that's been little bit by little bit getting worse and worse. But you're right. I agree with you. Yeah, and I don't like Trump getting out saying things on Twitter about companies because at that point you're picking winners and losers, so I don't like when he does that. But the reality of it is, like, if he pisses off too many corporations and they just start pulling money out of America, they could affect him directly at that point because then everybody else is in a free fall about the economy. And they they just have way too much power and influence, man. That That's the reality. He knows that. His cabinet knows that. Obama found that out, but yeah, they they have way too much power and control. Well, that, and that's for certain. And, and, and you know, part of the uh, topics tonight, and I think you agree, you know, it could be very well just distractions that people are falling for. And I think they're, you know, and we've said this many times on the show, even before the uh, this, this past election, is that you know they purposely you know keep th- you know wanting to divide us because as long as the people are fighting against each other based on you know, the differences such as, you know, race, you know, gender, you know, sexual preference, you know, religion, whatever. If they keep us separated and they keep us fighting because of that, we, the people, are going to be so divided amongst themselves. We're not going to be able to stand up against, you know, not only just the governments, as you guys, you know, point, you know pointed out, but also um, these multinational corporations that have no, uh, no loyalty to any one country. They just have, you know, they just have loyalty to the, to the global corporations. Yeah. Well, the difficulty is that is when they attack one side and the other side acts as a buffer for the multinationals and the people in power, uh, you end up not being able to get much groundwork done. So you go back to Obama and the ACA and the people on the right who didn't want it and who were protesting it and pushing their congressmen to go against it. That's what they should do. That's what not what they liked. They wanted to push against it. Now, the people on the left who stood in front of them caused them not to be able to be as effective. And we see the same dynamic going on now. The anti are trying to slow his momentum down, slow down some things they don't think are, are proper. And now the right is acting as a buffer and kind of helping him. So th- that's the situation we're in. Uh, we're pitted against each other because they hit at uh, our interests. And, and so what's the solution to that? I mean, well, is there anything, I mean, if it, it, it is says so entrenched and it's already happening, which I'm not disagreeing with that, how, how can it be stopped or even reversed? Well, what you, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, for you, Naj, and then you know, what's your thoughts on that, John? And then, you, of course, you got Kelly and uh, Susan, if they want to chime on that as well. Yeah, well, there has to be common interest. There has to be certain things that we come to the table as the right and the left and agree on. And then we push for those things and ask for those things explicitly. And then at that point, we can part ways back to our camps because to ask for just this kumbaya coming together thing is not realistic. But common interests (laughs) should be served. So we have to figure out, okay, what are the things we both agree should happen and that we won't stand for them to do? And, like, right now, our biggest problem is we've given so many powers, extra powers to the president 
that this offense has become, you know, an extreme problem as far as things that they can do. So when Obama's in there, the left is okay with him having these ridiculous, crazy powers and pulling off this stuff. And now that Trump's in there, they're terrified. And you flip-flop it, same thing. There were people who thought the country would end when Obama was president. Oh, the country's going to end because he's president, he's got these powers. No, it's kind of like the gentleman was talking about. The checks and balances limit, you know, how far they can go. But either way, neither side is comfortable with the president having so many powers. And so, what? what, How? I mean, you talk about common interests. How can we stop these, you know, national, you know, these multinational corporations uh, that you know we're speaking of, you know, from having so much power, even over the the so-called world leaders and other corporations, for that matter. Well, that would be the thing of having American companies here making incentives for people to make, produce. Uh, and actually employ Americans. I mean, that, that's things people can get on board with. And, you know, getting rid of the incentives for people to decide they're going to move their companies other places and for other companies and for companies to have more power in this nation uh, than, you know, should have been adjudicated. Uh, Citizens United and things like that to where they can come in and just dump money in a place and, and make things happen electorally. Uh, you know, some of those things just have to go. Robert, so what do you think, John? Also, Go ahead. Just like, just like the founding freedom fighters did back in 1770s, that's exactly what we're at. We're just at that point again where we have to have a meeting of the minds when we all come together and understand exactly every word of the the Declaration of Independence and why each and every word is so important and how that the U.S. Constitution has to be viewed through the Declaration of Independence. Otherwise, we all are just working on our own, you know, ideology of what we think this and that means and how it relates to each other. And we're not having any honest discussions. We're just trying to manipulate our particular interest over anybody else's. And as long as you do that, it's just going to continue to disintegrate. That's why I've been on that tyrant uh, tirade about, hey, we need to get back to – you know, mutual assent, like the Declaration of Independence says, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors to uphold that document and what it all entailed. Well, they really knew what it meant because they were fighting bloody wars, and that document stood on the backs of all of those who bled and died in order to get it there. And they had serious conversations from, what, 1776 to, what, 1787, I think, when the U.S. Constitution came place. And then they had several other revolutionary wars between then and now that blood was shed in order to try to fine-tune it. But the problem is, is most of the people in power give lip service to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence in order to keep all of the rest of us here in, in, you know, the people as sheeple, thinking that we're leading, being led by people that are full of integrity, that are genuine and authentic and upholding it, but they undermine it every chance they get and rewrite the rules to benefit them so they can continue to embezzle the gains to themselves and protect themselves with the sort, you know, the controls and sources that that government provides them. And while the rest of us are left like wolves or sheep to the wolf, they happen to play survival of the fittest. Back to you. Well, let's uh, swing it back from me, and we'll go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Susan, and Kelly, uh, for any comments you'd like to make on that, Susan. <laughs> uh, the Constitution? 
I don't think most of them even know what it is. I really don't. I don't think they studied it. I don't think they care about it. They I think our friend Christine Timmon would uh, agree with you. Go ahead. Well, I, that's what I was just saying. I, I, you know, I now Rand Paul and Ron Paul know the Constitution, probably Justin Amash. So I think there are some. Oh well, th- well, real quick, as a little, as a little side note, uh, I seen uh, Rand Paul on uh, a morning show this morning, and they were talking about how uh, Trump might be opening it up him to edit the Fed. Then Did he you might see that? What? Uh, by uh, Trump might be opening some things up uh, for uh, for him to, to edit the Fed, audit, not edit, <laughs> audit the Fed. This is this edit is starting to look like uh, that that Netflix show House of Cards, to where every time a politician interacts with him, they say, "I can't believe you lied to me, Frank." That's what we're seeing with Trump <laughs> at this point. Like, do these people really believe when he makes these promises, he's going to keep them? So he gets Mitt Romney on the interview, and now he's got Rand Paul on the promise or the indication of, of inspecting the Fed, which he's not going to do. But, wow, this is crazy. Well, Naj, I'm going to get back to you briefly for that comment okay. and bring it back to Susan. Yeah, let, yeah, let me interrupt He's been fulfilling his other promises, though. I mean, with the, with the executive orders he's been doing and – you know, and the appointments and things of other nature. I mean, he hasn't. Well, there is one campaign promise that he hasn't done, and that's going after Hillary Clinton. But well, maybe that, that's a topic for another day, maybe. Uh, but so far, I mean, a lot of people are saying he's, he's been fulfilling his promises. Not one promise that's attacking power. You're talking about attacking the Fed. You're talking about serious power you're going after. It's one thing to say you're going to ban some refugees. Whole oh, another ball game to start talking about. You're gonna go after the Fed. That's all I'm saying. Well, no, well, and and I consider well because he didn't go after. Well, and there's parts of that I would agree because he didn't go after Hillary Clinton like uh, that was one of his campaign promises. And a lot of people want to see that happen because they don't want to see a two tiered, uh, two tiered justice system uh, when it comes to the powers that be and you know the rest of us, you know, rest of the citizens. But let's go ahead and bring it back over to you, Susan. Ah, uh, well, I. Supposedly he's going to try to defund UN though. I I just got that thing and I mean the Fed. Yeah, I've heard that too. We'll we'll see. We'll have to see. I I would love it. I would love it. And it's supposed to be a bill authored by surprise, surprise, Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. Amazing, huh? Wow. Yeah. Lindsey Graham? Yeah, yeah, Lindsey Graham kind of baffled me a little bit there. Well, you know, even a, uh, you know, they, a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. True, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be Lindsey Graham, I guess. <laughs> even some Democrats want to be funded. Is it probably because they want more money for their party and their stuff, but you know. Uh, and you're breaking you up. I didn't say it uh, there. So the, yeah, there you go. You're you're kind of fading out a little bit there again. I'm fading out of here, huh? Well, anyway. Well, your the, the your the voice was because I don't know about because sometimes you sound really good and other times you feel like you're kind of like in the background. <laughs> ah, well, okay. It it is what it is. I guess I'm sorry. 
Um, That's all right, yeah. It's well, like we didn't even make your announcement that we were into the whatever hour. Oh, yeah, we are in Bard's Logic After Dark or the extended period. Uh, the extended period is the official, but we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. So sometimes we uh, have a little fun and maybe have some innuendos going on, which we haven't yet, but we usually leave that to Kelly. And speaking of Kelly, let's go ahead and bring it over to you and get your thoughts, and yeah. then uh, we'll uh, yeah. uh, bring, bring things back around because I do want to um, – uh, move forward with that. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I like it. When, I, I like it when Naj joins us because he certainly makes us think. And uh, I'm I'm there with you regarding Citizens United, where I, I just think that's so bad that a corporation is considered a person, and then that's just so out of line. <clears throat> which means you know they can give an awful lot of money. Politicians can kind of control our government, kind of control our government, send their lobbyists and. Blah 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 blah. Which, by the way, I should I should uh, tell you about Lincoln's letter to Elkins. Um, you research this on you can just Lincoln's letter to Elkins on on uh, the internet. You'll find where Lincoln said, uh, "I am concerned for my country." Um, corporations have been enthroned, and the power will be aggregated in the hands of a few. They will prey upon the prejudices of the people until the wealth is, is in the hands of a few and the republic destroyed. Um, I, I do not like the corporate lobbyists, the corporate control of America. And uh, so I hope, you know, um, somehow the Supreme Court overturns Citizens uh, United. And, and, you know, okay, so we went to back to this question, okay? Corporations having control over, over America. Okay, okay, what can be done? Well, this is kind of a complicated one. This is this is really interesting. Um, Taylor versus Henkel said that a corporation is the merging of a private citizen's rights and the merging of the state. Um, and because you have given up rights as a citizen and become a corporation, the government can regulate you an awful lot. But um, you know, the Democrats think that. Um, and, and, and by the way, as a libertarian, I get to see both sides, the left, the right, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I mostly listen and figure out where the problems are. But um, the left figures that corporations have too much power, so tax the hell out of them. Well, when they do that, the middle class suffers. I'm sorry, it just does. The right says, well, you know, if you uh, lower the taxes on the corporations, the middle class will have more money, the federal government will. Um, get more taxes. Well, okay, I understand that side. When those periods, the corporations amass more power and they get more control all the time. What is the correct solution to dealing with corporations? The answer is the Sherman Antitrust Act. Not left, not right ideas. The Sherman Antitrust Act, where you bust up corporations because they've become too, they have become too powerful and they're not operating in the best interest of America. That's the solution. Um, you might want to, Naj, you might want to. In fact, I'd like to get his comments if you've ever researched the Sherman Antitrust Act. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, it's actually a great solution. Problem is, we'd have to get the bastards to actually draw it up. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we talk about too big to fail that we saw in 2008, that's an exact, mm-hmm. uh, explicit way of, of what we're dealing with. When a corporation can make itself so large, and leverage the nation and say, look, we're going to make these gambling choices on Wall Street. If they 
play out, hey, we make a windfall. If they go bad, the taxpayers give us money. So too big to fail is an exact uh, exact uh, situation we're in because we don't have something like antitrust. Uh, also, I would go back to the idea of uh, the Utilities Act. Uh, this this thing where we allow these utility companies now to take over and monopolize an area, raise the rates up, mm-hmm. and kind of drive that thing into the ground until people call for change, and then you bring in the new electric company. So, you know, a lot of those things have to be explored. And uh, Teddy Roosevelt, man, like a lot of people remember, you know, Teddy Roosevelt as this heroic guy fighting out there as a soldier. People forget that he actually went after those companies later on in his political career, and they savaged it. So that's the other difficulty, getting, uh, you know, weak-kneed politicians actually stand up to these people who, you know, have so much influence and power and, you know, shrinking them effectively because that's what has, has to be done because they are dangerous. Right. Well, President Taft is the one who championed through the Sherman Antitrust Act. It, it was Taft, and he fought a hell of a war, and he won. <laughs> Yeah, it always is when you go after the big fish. But no, I, I think that was a, that was a great solution to bring up, though. Just the idea of that uh, the antitrust act. But you know, it, it's going to take a a lot of different legislation like that updated uh, for now to deal with you know the the cyber uh, side of it, uh, to deal with the idea of uh, offshore accounting, uh, to deal with the idea of uh, derivatives and this gambling on Wall Street and multinationals and hedge funds being able to merge, like all of these different things. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm just saying we need a, a 2017 uh, trust act. Okay, well, like, like the Sherman Answer Trust Act. Well, here's, here's one of the challenges, Nice. what I've observed is, well, okay, at the turn of the, eight, of the 19th century, early 1800s, um, the American people did not trust corporations. You could not get a corporate charter unless you could prove that your corporation was for the best interest of the people. Mm-hmm. That's how scared they were. And why was that? Because of the East Indian Trading Company, which was a part of why the founding fathers commenced the Revolutionary War. Um, so that, you know, it was fresh in their minds at the time how bad corporations were. Yeah, well, what's, what's the yeah. quote from Jackson? Neither souls to be damned or bodies to be kicked. Like they knew how dangerous this could be when you create these combinations that can monopolize an industry and then you know leverage the citizens or the, or the local government there. Uh, we're actually right now in a race to the bottom, essentially, where we have all these states declaring themselves right-to-work states and underbidding each other to receive an auto plan or something like that, and they're promising all these tax giveaways. Uh, the billionaire football owners who who get stadiums subsidized by the taxpayers, but the profits become mm-hmm, private. That happened here you in know, my all city. All these different situations. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Atlanta, so we just gave out the blank one. So you know. Wow. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Well, what's really frustrating? See, in, okay, corporations weren't properly dealt with when they drafted the Constitution because the public's mindset was. They are evil. They are bad. Okay, we don't have to address it. Well, generations, and you forget. There's, there's a, a, a corporate attorney. He filed a corporate document. He got his corporation in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The name of the corporation was called Murder Incorporated. And their mission statement was to kill millions of people through 
cigarette smoke and millions more through secondhand smoke. He was actually handed the corporate charter. He did it for kicks. He doesn't. He didn't do anything with it, <laughs> but he, he he did it to point out right. that anybody can get a corporation. You know, they want to you know rape the world and corporate. They'd get their freaking corporate charter. We have gone 180 degrees from where it started, and the reason is. Is because the corporations clandestinely, subtly, over many decades, have gotten their people into the legislature. And because of that, the corporations can get away with whatever they want now. I mean, yes, there are awesome, awesome corporations like Bob's Millhouse, who he, he retired, retirement party, everybody loved him. The next day he shows up and hands out corporate stock. He says, I'm giving the company to all the employees. I'm done. i got enough to live on the rest of my life. Thank you all, and now it's yours. That's the kind of good people we need to run corporations, but it ain't that way in others. Right. Um, yeah. yeah it, it, when it, I try to get across how dangerous it is, the, the main thing, I, I, this is the story I tell people. Uh, you remember the purchasing of Alaska, right? That's government funding. Follow, uh, yes. Government funds. We purchased the, the, the territory uh, of Alaska, right? Okay. Right. Now, Alaska it, yeah, it, has... It has billions of dollars worth of oil, natural gas, and, you know, different products in Alaska. Uh, you know, when you start talking about the agriculture or products, the hunting and everything else. Now, Gold. who owns the yeah. oil, natural gas, and all products that come out of Alaska? Uh, See? The royalties go to the people. <laughs> BP. Well, they get a royalty, but who gets the lion's share? You know, right. the, the the payoff as far as the royalty is one thing, but it's theirs to begin with. You know what I mean? It's like, don't steal $20 from me and give me $2 and tell me how, how happy I should be about that. <laughs> two bucks. So we're talking well, about yeah. BP, Exxon Mobil, and all of these different oil conglomerates. Alexa is what they operate as up there. You remember when they destroyed the coastline back in the day with the, you know, the Exxon Mobil spill. So, yeah, they own the actual oil there. It was pu- uh, purchased with government money. But somehow we're supposed to be happy with some little kickback for the residents there. Like these things don't make sense. Right. Did you know that there was supposed to be a big kickback for all the citizens of Alaska? You know, like say out of 100% that they're supposed to get, they only get like 30%. It's like, oh, well, how did that happen? Oh, that's right, because the corporations had their legislative officials in in place and we're not going to pay people what we promised. I mean, this yeah, this is, this is. I can go ad, I can go on ad nauseum about these stories that corporations say, "Oh, we're the good guys, and they screw everybody." Well, well, when we talk about the most advanced thing that we've created, the internet. Well, how was the internet created? Uh, through the De- Department of Defense with government money based on taxes. That's how they did the research. That's how they did the funding. And then at the end of the at the end of the you know the day, it was put into the hands of these corporations. After we paid for, you know, the fiber optic cable to be run all over the nation, and we still have some rural areas that don't have as much Internet access as they should, and we're going to have to run more cable, and we're going to publicize us paying for the infrastructure, and then it will be handed over to these same people. So, yeah, the the problem is their access and their ability to manipulate things. Uh, The ACA, Affordable Care Act, President Obama sat down with the healthcare industry. They wrote the bill. They benefit from the mm-hmm. bill. They're still loving it. And when it does change, as long as it changes 
uh, still to their benefit. They don't care who 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 changes it, Trump, Obama, whoever. They don't care as long as they get their share. So that's the issue. Way too much power, way too much access. Right. And that power structure, it's we, as far as like Citizens United, to me, I say the Declaration says that each one of us assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle us. Therefore, stating that each one of us are a free moral agent, we get to decide what burdens us and encumbers us. When we turn over that power to 535 congressmen and senators and then all of the bureaucracy heads that they abrogate their um, responsibilities to, and then the president, well, we're saying roughly about 1,000 people get to dictate for the 320 million of us that's in this world, I mean, in, in this country, the laws, processes, and procedures at which we will be obligated to and therefore, we are legislative slaves, a new modern-day slavery. It's just a trick. And therefore, if we say stop passing laws without the consent of each and every gov- you know, governed person, legal United States citizen, then even that Citizens United, they can spend all the money in the world, but they can't pass laws because they won't be able to just corral you know, a thousand people and pay them off to get what they want in Congress because they'll have to pay off every legal United States citizen in the whole United States. Right. And until yeah. you take your power as an equal citizen under the fourth, you know, Article 4, you're supposed to have equal privileges and immunities as well as the several states, as well as um, the 14th Amendment. We're supposed to be having equal privileges and uh, immunities. Well, if you're going to be an equal, then you get to have due process in what laws apply to you or not, meaning that you get to decide for yourself what burdens and encumbers you as a law, a rule, a process, a procedure. Otherwise, you're not an equal. Somebody's elevated themselves to the master, and you've become a second or third-class slave under their legislation because they're going to write their will into law and make sure you're obligated to it whether you consent to it or not. That's taxation without representation and voluntary servitude. So the best way to do it is claim your power. You don't pass a single law without the consent of each and every citizen, one for all, all for one. Then we can start busting this thing down. Otherwise, there's, I mean, somebody else might have another idea, but it's going, I don't see how you can do it because somebody's going to always be a slave unless everybody right. has the same equal rights. Yeah, because you're appealing to more direct democracy. We're in a situation where we're in a republic, but it's being perverted because the representatives are not representing, uh, you know, the wills of the people. So, well, they're rep- like, they're think rep- about Brexit. Not- like, hold on, one minute at a time, guys. Not- you know, let's not talk over each other. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. They're representing, no, you know, okay. it's like a pimp represents a prostitute. You Indeed. get to. <laughs> to dictate everything, and you have to pay up and do what they tell you. Otherwise, they send guns to your face to throw you in jail because you didn't do it the way they wanted you to. Right, right. No, no, I I agree with the sentiment on it. Like I said, the, the difficulty is in getting American citizens to decide, okay, the will of the governed is the issue. So if we decide, okay, we're not go- we're going to either be difficult to govern or we'll, we'll gum the wheels up for a while until you do certain things that we want. Uh, people have lives to live. They have to go to work. They have their children to deal with. 
you know, they have all these different things, and those require you to, to be at work and to be present in everybody's life, your social life and all of that. So the, the pain that we would have to go through, I don't know if we have enough of a, a significant amount of, of the American population who's willing to say, you know, no more and things are going to change and I'm politically engaged. So that's the difficulty right now is it getting enough people to really uh, feel that and, and take the pain that it'll that, that it's going to take because you're going to have to sacrifice for a bit uh, to get things the way that you want them. So, you know, th- that's the question. Are, are, are we happy just getting on social media and then ranting and then going back to our lives? Or are we really going to start saying, okay, there are certain things we will not accept. And I'm willing to put the exactly. time and effort in to make it happen. I like that. I, you know, gosh, uh, I'd like to talk to you off air, man. We can talk for hours. Indeed, man. You know how it goes with this kind of stuff. Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, well, I'm afraid of this conversation because, you know, we get started, you know, we like each other and next, you know, we're on the phone for two hours and I didn't get any work done. And, but yeah, I, I just, you know, just see, Robert, right there, see right there. And there we go though. You know, just, we, we all have a, you know, a finite amount of time that we could spend on other activities. So trying to figure out right. and carve out what you're going to do as far as changing things, man, it is difficult, especially for people who have kids or people who are married, you know, trying to, you know, keep juggle all of that is hard enough. And now you want to throw in this, you know, the hardest fight of your life on top of it, you know, it, 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 it's man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It has yeah, to be yeah, done. What else can we say? <laughs> right. Well, hey, hey, well, hey uh, it, Robert, I want to ask your thoughts on on what we just mentioned about corporations. I disagree with you 100 percent on all of it. I'm just kidding, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody got a check. <laughs> long, 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 live, long live the corporations. <laughs> no, believe me. If, 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 if a corporate, if someone was giving me a check, I'd be on the, I'd be on the air every night instead of one. Just for the very fact what you just said, Nash. You know, you know, you get your family, you got, uh, you know, your responsibilities with work. Uh, now I remember back in 2012 when I started the show. Uh, full disclosure here, I wasn't. I mean, I got laid off. It was terrible. Uh, I was laid off for for, for much longer than I would have liked. Um, I mean, I was even telling places, you know, I even got so desperate one time I even put in my cover letter that, yes, I know I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but, yes, I know I'm overqualified, but I want to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I even get to the point where, where, where I was putting that in there. Um, uh, but, you know, but it did afford, you know, I mean, it sucked. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it really, it, it sucked really bad. Uh, but it did afford me the time. I mean, you know, of course, I was looking for employment, but, it, well, you know, but it did afford me more time, you know, instead of spending 10 hours of work, I could spend, 10, you know, eight hours, you know, doing show prep, and I could do a show every night, which I did. Uh, so, um, you know, but I, we were live on the air, you know, five nights a week and did, uh, bro- you know, rebroadcast twice a week. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about with, with the time. And I think that's one of the things that have been set up. Uh, purposely is, you know, now you need, you know, if there's two people, you need a two-income, you know, family. If there's one, you know, you might have to work two jobs to make ends meet. And I think that things might have purposely been done that way to keep us from doing exactly what you were suggesting, uh, Naj, and that's as we're so busy, you know, to try, you know, to work and doing all these other things to make our family successful that we don't have time 
I mean, you know, to, to deal with this political stuff. Uh, and so, you know, people, you know, you hear this all the time. Well, I'll just let things happen the way they happen, and then I'll adjust my life, you know, and I'll adapt my life to what that is, and I'll just make it work. You know, or there's so much apathy when it comes to activism or, or even paying attention to politics at all because people feel so helpless that they feel like they cannot do anything. Now, you know, I, and to be honest, I'm relieved. I don't know how you feel, Naj, but I'm relieved Hillary Clinton didn't become president. Uh, I mean, I think I think the things will be so much better with uh, with Trump than, than it would have been with Hillary Clinton. Now, that remains to be seen, of course, but I do, you know, I do feel that way. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, we do have to keep, you know, pe- you know keep people accountable and, and keep a watchful eye on them. And there still is plenty to do. Uh, but I think that, you know, one of the things that showed, you know, at least gave me some hope, I think the people really did stand up. I mean, when I was interviewing people at the, at the Trump rallies I went to, uh, there was people who, there was a, one gentleman just, for instance, to use this as an example, uh, of, of many that I've talked to, it, it, he was in his 40s, and that was the first time he's ever voted. Uh, and so, you know, people were finally getting, you know, active. And I think people seeing that, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why they went to Donald Trump is because he's not a politician. And, you know, they they seen him as an outsider, more representational of the people. Um, now, when I was younger, I used to believe in, you know, direct democracy, which we don't have. I mean, I think if we can make uh, you know, a direct democracy work, and we can have, you know, more voting with that. Um, oh, come on. I know there's a, an actual term for referendums. I don't know if we, we, but we just can't vote on everything in a referendum, or we'd be doing, uh, instead of going to work every day, we'd have to, we'd be studying and, and researching and everything of that nature all day just to keep up with all the legislation that, that that's going through that we would have to have, a, you know, that we would otherwise have a referendum on. And and do we really want to vote on, do we really want to vote on things that we, you know, we, we complain about our politicians, you know, voting on things that they haven't read. I mean, would it even be possible for us to maintain, you know, what we're doing now in our lives and be able to keep up with what's inside legislation to have it passed? So that, that, that's my thoughts on that. And unfortunately, we only have about 25 minutes left of the show, five of those in which uh, they have to do close out. And then, of course, we have our closing comments that I like. But I, I haven't ever played this with Naj on the, uh, you know, on the line. It's something that's uh, near and dear to, to my thoughts and hearts. And I wouldn't uh, – you guys listen to that. I will keep the mics open. I know everyone who's uh, been on this you know, call, except maybe Naj or Fry heard this, before and if you're a regular listener, you've heard this, and and if you might have heard this as well, Nas. But I don't ever re- I don't recall. And if I have, you have. I apologize for not, not remembering. But I want to get your thoughts on this. And now this is Eileen uh, Collins, and this is a speech that she had uh, at the uh, GOP convention. And I want to get your thoughts on what she's going to say, and, and maybe the implications of that. And if you think this is even something that's important, uh, and because I'm, I'm thinking this could be something that could bring uh, us together. Uh, as a people. To command a space shuttle mission. Good evening. It's great to be here with you tonight. Thank you. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, 
What's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. And they took with them an American flag and a plaque bearing the inscription, here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. Countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again, what's next? We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. Yes. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America. And the rest of that was just here. So I want to get it from you, your Nosh. Uh, now, in the past, you know, we've heard all the time, oh, we can't do stuff like this uh, because we can't afford it because all these, these damn wars we're in. And then, of course, we're talking about, you know, now there's talk about actually uh, putting, you know, colonies or doing some type of uh, research on uh, the moon. And then, of course, uh, and, and the National Geographic Channel uh, recently had a 
a mini series called Mars uh, about us, you know, moving towards and, and getting to Mars. Uh, is that something that, you know, what, what are your thoughts too? Uh, two things. One, uh, if, you know, the things, the different things she said, do you agree or disagree? And do you think uh, that reinvigorating our space program, uh, having these two uh, challenges uh, for our nation are something that's even important, especially in the context of what she uh, was saying there in her speech? Uh, well, well, yeah, I, I agree with it on its face. Uh, the idea we have to expand uh, our thinking, we have to explore uh, what's, what can be as opposed to what is. So I, I definitely agree on that standpoint. As far as the space program, uh, Elon Musk and uh, Bezos are doing their uh, testing of the rockets to try to get to Mars and try to figure out, you know, new ways uh, for space mm-hmm. travel. Uh, the biggest thing is NASA figured out years ago that it's much cheaper to create a satellite that you can send out and send video and pictures back than putting a person up that you have to bring back down. So NASA kind of figured that out. And I think India and China and some of these other places are going to come to the same conclusion pretty soon. Uh, so there's still space exploration, uh, but yeah, they definitely lost a lot of funding. They definitely changed the direction, but I, I would just channel that more to just thinking outside of what we know now. So right now there's a big scare about jobs being automated and how many jobs we're going to lose because of technology. Well, if we're creating things that can eliminate jobs, we can also think from the standpoint of creating things that create new jobs. So it's just a mind state. Like if you put a bean counter at a corporation and you're telling him you want to cut X amount of jobs, sooner or later he'll figure it out. But what if you tell him you want to expand your, expand your, uh, your, your workforce? How do we get more people working here, discovering new things and making this company better? That, that's a different pathway of thinking, and if you go down that pathway, maybe you come to more better solutions. So I, I think how we think is the biggest thing that has to change in America. As I'm listening to this, uh, this podcast. It's like an eight-part podcast about uh, a man from Standard Oil. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, unfortunately. But my man from Standard Oil, uh, in the early days of his company, of course, this was the wealthiest man in American history, in his early days in his company, he would have the supervisors train uh, the underlings, and after they had trained that person up to standards where they could do the job just as good as them, he told them three hours of the workday, he wanted them sitting there figuring out how to find the next thing in their industry. Not just being middle management, running around, supervising people, standing over their shoulder, bothering them. No, I want you to innovate. So I think when you come from that standpoint, a lot of things can change. I know it's a long answer, but I, I think this is a really important topic right now, considering, you know, just how, how worried people are about what's going to happen as we start to, you know, I guess, <laughs> automate a lot of jobs. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that is definitely, you know, uh, especially when they're talking about bringing manufacturing back, but a lot of the manufacturing, frankly, is going to be, you know, done in the future by computers, by robots, uh, things of that nature. Uh, so, you yeah. know, what do, what do people need to do to adapt and adjust uh, for those types of jobs? Now, perhaps, you know, instead of being the people who actually are putting the thing together, I mean, they could be the computer programmers, they can be the, you know, the the robotic repair, you know, people or whatever. You know, maybe that could yeah. be a way. What you could do innovation and create jobs. Yeah, code, coding is the next frontier. Uh, the question is, you know, the generation that's behind, that's not coming, you know, 
we weren't born with smartphones and tablets in our hand like the children we see right now. So these right. few generations that are behind, they're not going to – 80% of us are not going to be coding up to standard. So you, you got to figure out ways to handle that. And, and it's just it, – it's this thing of – We've become way more sophisticated as a society, but there was a time in America where a guy with a high school education could go to a factory and, you know, sweat equity, he would be able to, you know, bring home the bacon. So, I mean, that has to be available in a society. You're not going to have a 80%, you know, college <laughs> college graduate workforce. It's, it's, that's just not realistic. Well, well, now anymore, I mean, the really break could go up the ranks, especially in, you know, I guess you could say the, the rat race or the corporate world or business world or what have you. I mean, you pretty much, or in, in any, I mean, education and, and other industries, you pretty much have to have a, you know, your, your bachelor's degree now is your is like your new. Uh, high school like your, diploma your, your, almost. High, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like your high school diploma now if you really want to be. You know, advanced and and make the money. You got to have a, a master's degree or or greater. I mean, I'm telling my daughter yeah. now. She's like, oh well, you know, after high school, I got four more years of school. I said, like hell you do. I said, after high school, you got it. I said, you, yeah. I said, like hell you do. I said, you got at least eight years of uh, schooling. You got your four years for your bachelor's. Your you know two or three years for your master's. And then your PhD. And so you get about nine years after high school. You know, for, for college, you're not you're not done. Bored. <laughs> so you you about to just go all the way. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a college professor. I, I went back in my you know, truth be told, I I went back in my 30s, you know, to college and got my degree. Um, and I won't go through the whole history of that, but that's what I did. And I, you know, one of my professors was 26 years old with his PhD in biology. You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, hey, I said, professor, how did you do that? Because I never stopped. <laughs> I said, how'd you get how'd you get your PhD by the time you're twenty six? I said, Well, I got out of high school and I never stopped. You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. what I'm you know, tell my daughter. I said, you know, that that's it. You got nine years after after high school, so you might get used to it. And think about it, you're still gonna be only what, twenty six, maybe twenty seven years old, uh, and, and have your PhD. Yeah. Twenty seven's still young. I mean, when they're, you know, fourteen years old, twenty seven, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm an old person. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate insurance policy, so that's definitely in play. But the the, the lesser degrees are not providing the insurance that they used to a lot, you know, a long time ago. So right. now we have college grads who are, like you talked about, people who have to apply for things that they're overqualified for. So now we got this law jam out here, you know, in the, in the market, and it's basically, you know, the owner plays the tune and, we, you know, we have to dance, so there's a lot of things that are going to sort themselves out within the next few years. And that's what I was talking about the decline we're in as far as some of these institutions that just are going to change. And some of these ones, some of them, some of them are just not going to be here anymore. So, you know, it's a new world. Well, which ones, what would you say are the ones that are not going to be here? Hmm, man, I wish I had a really good answer for that. Uh, Cause I don't want to say the obvious ones like newspapers and things like that. But if I have a little more time, I'll probably be able to come up with something uh, more substantial. But uh, just, I guess for right now, I'll just say newspapers. Uh, right now, only oh, national yeah, yeah, papers are, are actually profitable. And, you know, they're in trouble. Yeah, I'll even say even, even magazines at some point. Uh, I think newspapers are good first, maybe even magazines after that. You could just get all that, you know, all that stuff online. And maybe even, unfortunately, books. I mean, I love books. I collect books, but... 
that might be in 20 years, something that you don't really see much of. But I do, I have noticed the time. There's uh, only about eight minutes left uh, before I've got to shut things down, unfortunately, for the night. Uh, and I appreciate everybody uh, and all the time they spend with us and contributing to the show. It's definitely your input uh, that makes these, uh, you know, really get great and informative shows. Now, I do want to uh, let you know that Susan has uh, had to call her night, and she did uh, say goodnight to us. Uh, so she wanted me to convey that to everyone. And so, as I said, we got about uh, now seven minutes before I have to do my closing out. And so that gives, uh, leaves uh, you three uh, two minutes for closing thoughts uh, for saving. So what we'll do is first we'll give it over to you, John, for your closing thoughts. And then Kelly, and then you, Nosh, and then I'll have the proceeding uh, closing up the show. Yeah. Well, to me, we have to be very careful to make sure that we're looking out for each other. And for any of these special projects like NASA and whatnot, as you're implying that the federal government should pay for it, that's robbing from the citizens' treasury for special interest. That's status quo. They're doing it now stealing the tax dollars from all Americans, but then those politically connected get to dictate the appropriations of where it is. It's back to status quo. We're just getting stolen from again, and that's my issue with it. I don't have any problem with um, the project, and I agree that there it needs to be done, but in the private sector. And anyway, we could also take an opportunity to um, – call all our congressmen and senators and find out how to do a class action lawsuit on behalf of um, President Trump for this uh, executive order stuff, not to the sense of targeting it for the executive order, but from the sense that we need to make sure that all of the citizens who are going to bear the brunt of all the tax dollars that have to be paid by all these um, foreign people coming into our country Therefore, pushing up the debt, and then we already have, what, 50 million approximately on unemployment and 47 million that's on some form of SNAP or food stamps that they are on the can't afford them. We need them to have a quality of life that's worth living with a job that will help pay their own way. So the class action lawsuit might be able to stop immigration in order for the, our fellow American to have a quality of life worth living and not wanting to go burn down stuff. Back to you. Well, Kelly, that uh, brings it over uh, to you. I would like to uh, just make some comments on that because, you know, we, we have this back and forth. We're going to have to have a real debate one of these days, uh, John, on that because I think that doing the space exploration using those tax dollars is just as important as us using those uh, same dollars that we use to create war and build roads. But anyway, as I said, that'll be it for another time. So we want to give Kelly his, uh, his talk as well. So go ahead, Kelly. Well, I, uh, I'm multitasking again, but I want to change the subject a little bit for humor, which I try to add to Bard's logic. So, a group of crows is called a, a murder. A group of doves is called a peace. What do you call a, a group of baboons? Congress. A, con- a Congress. Very good. All right. Now we go to <laughs> Great Britain. They go to Great Britain and their parliament. Um, let's see here. Owls. Parliament. A, a group of owls is called a parliament. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I nope. didn't, know. didn't know that one. <clears throat> well, it just so happens. It just so happens that um, everybody is 
deceived to believe that owls are actually wise when biologists have figured out that owls are stupid. So a group of owls being in parliament is actually stupid, though appearing wise. Interesting because the founding fathers decided a parliament type thing is good where you just see the people that you're actually smart but you're stupid. And but they changed the name to a parliament, which they had a sense of humor. And instead of calling it a parliament, they called it a group of baboons. So, <laughs> indeed, so, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that that that's my thoughts for the night, and maybe maybe explains why we're in the mess we're in. All right, <laughs> turn it over to somebody else. <laughs> we're still in the group of baboons. Naja, go ahead uh, with uh, your closing comments for the night. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought about uh, the question you asked me, so I guess I would go to movie theaters. That would be the thing to look at. Uh, Netflix and instant access to entertainment on your phone or tablet has decimated the movie industry. Hollywood does not have the power that Silicon Valley has right now. Uh, Netflix is spending, I think they're spending like $70 million on some Will Smith movie uh, on on their network. And Hollywood is terrified, running scared right now, because like I talked about, things are changing. Institutions we thought could never uh, lose power are actually losing relevance and influence. And we're going to see this every day, not only through tech, uh, but just through, uh, I I don't know, some kind of Darwinian way of how society is kind of operating right now. Out with the old and in with the new. Well, and, and, and speaking of Hollywood, you might might also see, uh, you know, you know, the actress and actresses on the big screen going away because, you know, I mean, that with technology, you can put somebody in there, and uh, you know, because they they did that with uh, some actors and actresses who uh, passed away during making movies, and they were actually able to digitally recreate them uh, to put them in there, and when, when that technology gets uh, even more advanced, you know, watch out uh, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and uh, then I was going to say something else, and I can't quite remember what that was and what that of of disappearing. But yeah, that that that's definitely something uh, that might uh, go to the wayside. And darn it, there was something else, but I can't remember what uh, what it was. But anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody again for uh, coming on. I, uh, oh, it's driving me crazy. I can't think of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, we want to thank you guys for coming on, and it was good to hear from you, Nas. And hopefully, uh, we're here on subsequent shows, and uh, you know we can get more in depth on uh, some things we definitely talked about uh, tonight. Uh, and so, uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, see everyone next week, which of course is on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And also, if you're out there uh, listening to the show on the podcast, uh, whether you're listening there on. Uh, blog talk radio where you can follow the show uh, by pushing the little follow button you see up there uh, or you can listen to the uh, music I'm missing the music uh, listen to the show on iTunes see that's why I thought about music uh, which you can download all the podcasts on your mobile device uh, through iTunes which is uh, free so you can do that as well and of course you can share out the link with your friends so they can listen to hopefully uh, participate in later episodes and so what I'll do is I'll do as I do every night and that is end the song, uh, end the night with the song. Yep, that's what I'm giving back to the songs for. Uh, from Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So we'll see you later, folks. Take care. And again, good night. Mm-hmm.
Visit our website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. 